It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. All right, what's up, everybody? Happy Friday. You're entering the domain of pushing the limits. So glad that you could join us, as I am every day. And, uh, boy, the Will Smith-Chris Rock saga continues. They'll continue into the weekend. Some new information there that is uh, quite interesting. We will get to that. Interesting, so many of these Republicans, they... They want all these investigations about Hunter Biden's laptop. By the way, let me remind you all, he's not a politician. But when it comes to January 6th, oh, they don't want anybody investigating that. The definition of hypocrisy. We'll talk about that here coming up in a few also. At the bottom of the hour, a guy that makes plenty of appearances on the BBC. He's got family and friends in Ukraine. Boy, are they kicking some ass. I mean, obviously, it's a horrible, tragic situation. Innocent people dying, loss of life at the hands of Vladimir Putin, the evil, murderous dictator. But what exactly and how are the are, are the these incredible Ukrainian people, how are they able to survive and how are they able to do what they've been doing over the course of the last month? It really is incredible. Uh, Ian Murphy will be joining us. Again, he has friends and family in Ukraine, makes uh, regular appearances on the BBC, so he'll be joining us here at the bottom of the hour to kind of give us an update on what's going on there and what can you do in this city of Las Vegas to help. He lives here in Las Vegas. So what can you do here to help those people? Uh, We'll talk about that coming up again at the bottom of the hour. Hour number two, as I like to call him, King Anchor, sports anchor Brian Salmon from Channel 3 will be joining us. A lot to talk about with him, including the Lakers debacle. LeBron James, by the way, in the last hour has just announced on his social media page that he is officially out for the remainder of the season. Uh, I'm not shocked at that. If they were actually had any chance at all at, at doing something, making the playoffs and doing something, he'd be back. But he's just he's just going to take the rest of the year off. And, and quite frankly, I really don't blame him. Uh, talk a little VGK hockey. And uh, the Oakland A's, you know, the baseball season right around the corner. What's going on with the Oakland A's? Are they staying? Are they going? We'll get to that as well. And the Henderson Silver Knights are going to be playing their first game in Henderson. Even though they've been called the Henderson Silver Knights for the last couple of years, they're actually playing their first game officially in Henderson tomorrow night at the new arena out there, uh, the Dollar Loan Center. That's going to be fun. So we'll talk to Brian Salmon about that, maybe even his opinion on what took place with Will Smith. I know he's a big Will Smith fan and the Oscars. But uh, if you're wondering, well, Brian, what's, what's the new information? What's going on? Well, we've heard inside information and rumors that the Oscars may just ban Will Smith altogether. From the Oscars. But there's a lot of people on social media that are making statements about, for example, Jim Carrey and others that have kissed women unwelcomed, I guess you could say. You know, I remember when uh, Jim Carrey won uh, an Oscar. He gets up there on stage, and trust me, I'll, I'll be honest with you guys, I would love to make out with Alicia Silverstone. I'm pretty sure she probably wouldn't want to make out with me. But heck, 
I would love to get an award and just make out with a beautiful woman, but sometimes women don't want you to do that. Jim Carrey went up there and just started making out with Alicia Silverstone at the Oscars. You could see the look on her face. It wasn't staged. She did, it was unwelcomed. Nothing happened to Jim Carrey. I find that pretty serious also. You can't just make out with somebody you know, with them not knowing. I mean, it happened to Holly Berry at the Oscars years ago also. So my question is, I guess it's not really a question. It, it's a comment, and it's more of we all know anybody with a brain understands what Will Smith did was wrong. Even Will Smith knows what he did was wrong. It was it was violence. But what about sexual assault? Yeah, I think Jim Carrey did that to Alicia Silverstone. Now, Jim Carrey's been pretty vocal about this. I believe he was on Good Morning America, and he said uh, he was sickened by Will Smith's actions. Well, I'm sickened by any man who makes out with a chick unwelcomed. That's what Jim Carrey did. It's just some of these people are hypocrites. That's all I'm saying. They're hypocrites. I agree with with most of you. What Will Smith did was wrong. It was violent. He probably should have been arrested. And I don't feel any sympathy for him if he's banned from the award show. I do feel sympathy for him in his relationship. That's got to be awful. There's no way that Will Smith enjoys seeing his wife, Jada Pinkett Smith, holding hands with other men at red carpet events. And it's just that can't be. He can say he doesn't mind it and it's fine. But deep down inside, I can't imagine that he enjoys that sort of stuff. But that's a different subject. That's his personal love life, and he's entitled to do whatever he wants to do. I'm just saying it can't be easy for him. But Chris Rock seems to have a lot going on right now himself. You know, he just started this new comedy tour. He made some comments yesterday in Boston. He, he did a show out there, and he said, I'm still trying to soak everything in, and eventually I'll, I'll talk about it. This is what I love about this guy. He shows up at this downtown Boston movie theater by himself, just going to see a movie a movie by himself. I just think that's so cool. I mean, this is Chris Rock. Can you imagine if you're just out there on a date or something and all of a sudden you see Chris Rock sitting right next to you by himself watching a movie with you? I don't know. I just think that's so cool. So awesome. Uh, there's a picture that's on TMZ of it. The guy that's in the picture is Gerard Cole. He says that he was with his girlfriend. They were on a date. And all of a sudden, he's going out of the, the movie theater. And he used the restroom, and he sees Chris Rock rocking around with popcorn and a soda. <laughs> that's so cool. I don't know. I just think that's so awesome. But there are a lot of people out there that are calling those at the Oscars, including uh, Packer, the, the producer of the show, a liar. Because this guy Packer's doing all these interviews, and he's saying that they asked Will Smith to leave, and that Chris Rock did not want Will Smith to leave. Well, not only is Will Smith saying that they're lying, that Will nobody went up to him and said that you needed to leave, but now Chris Rock is saying that the Oscars are lying too, because Chris Rock is now saying that nobody went up to him and asked him whether he wanted Will Smith to leave or not. I wonder what his answer would have been. I don't know. But considering the fact that Chris Rock said he didn't want charges filed, I would imagine he probably wouldn't want Will Smith out either. But this is a bad look, man. This is a bad look for Will Smith. Of course, it's also a really bad look for the Oscars because now you got both parties calling them liars. And that's what leads me to believe that the Oscars are going to put the clamp down. They have to be pretty ticked off. I think the Oscars are going to put the clamp down and Will Smith's going to be banned. Now, listen, I know Will Smith has a lot of money. I get it. He's a very wealthy guy. He's very well set off. He's been one of the top guys in Hollywood for many years. So, obviously, he's not hurting financially. But this is going to hurt his career. When you are banned from the Oscars, that's not a good look. It's not a good look. So, I think this is the downward spiral of his career. And if I'm around, if I'm one of his friends or family members, the guy needs to get some help. This cannot help him mentally. Uh, he needs to get his you-know-what together 
and uh, I'm sure he'll get plenty of other roles and he'll be fine. But this does not help his career any. That's all. When people think of Will Smith over the next year, they're not going to think of that Oscar he won, you know, playing the Serena and v- Venus Williams uh, father. They're not going to think about that. They're going to think about the slap. So, well, again, we'll have to wait and see how it goes. I know in mid-April, I can't believe we're in April, by the way. Uh, but in mid-April, the the Oscars, uh, they're going to uh, make a final decision on what they're going to do. But it certainly appears, based on what sources are saying, uh, that they are going to ban him from the Oscars. By the way, I don't feel sorry for him at all. I do not feel sorry for him at all. Now, did it, like, sicken me what I saw? No, it didn't sicken me. I was just surprised, like many of you. I was very surprised. We've never really seen anything like that before. But I think you have to be consistent. If you get up there to receive an award and you kiss, like what Jim Carrey did, unwarranted, uh, unwa- unwanted, you know, it, it, it happened to Alicia Silverstone, and it's happened to others as well, then that person probably should be banned from the Oscars, and you could also make the argument, what would happen in the workplace? You're just a guy, normal day on the job, and you go up and you just start making out with a, with a woman that you work with, and she doesn't want that. You'd get, be arrested, right? I mean, the cops would probably be called. Sexual harassment, sexual assault, whatever you want to call it, you'd be arrested. What's the difference? I'm so sick and tired of people with money and celebrities being treated differently because they have money, because they're famous. I'm sick of it, but this isn't anything new. This has been happening for decades and decades and decades. If you have money, you know, look at Bill Cosby. You know, if that was you or me, you think we'd be out of jail in a year? Of course not. You know, these people get treated differently because they're celebrities, and I am sick of it. Because when you break the law, you're breaking the law, and it really shouldn't matter who you are. And it happened to Will Smith. He should have been arrested. There should have been accountability right then and there. The Oscars screwed up. I don't blame them for not having security involved right when it happened because we all were kind of shocked. I don't blame them for that. I blame them for what happened after. There is no way he should have been able to remain in that seat for the rest of the award show. No way. You cannot make – I don't care if he was up for 10 Oscars that night. If you assault somebody, you get the hell out. And then if the other – listen, if Chris Rock doesn't want to press charges, fine. I disagree with that, but they're entitled to make that decision. And we are learning that the LAPD, they were there, and they were ready to arrest Will Smith. And they're claiming that they asked Chris Rock, and Chris Rock said, no, I don't want to press charges. That's fine. That's a reasonable conversation to have. And even though I think Will Smith should have been arrested, that's a reasonable conversation to have. But you cannot make any excuse for the fact that Will Smith was allowed to still sit in his chair for the rest of the show. That is absurd. And now the Academy, they look really, really bad and soft. So in my personal opinion, they're lying. By the way, It's your award show. If you told Will Smith to leave like you claim, and I think you're lying, but if you told him to leave and he refused, why wouldn't you get the authorities involved then? Why would you let him sit back in his chair? It doesn't make any sense at all. None. Zero. It just doesn't make sense, man. I'm sorry. It doesn't. I'll open up the phone lines here. I'll take a few calls. 702 Two two one seven two eight three, and again that number if you want to be a part of the conversation. Am I supposed to say two two one save? I don't know. I'm not saving you anything. I don't know. But again, that number to call seven zero two 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 one seven two eight three is the number to call. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Do you agree? Disagree with me? What do you think about Chris Rock and Will Smith now basically claiming that those behind the Oscars, the Academy, they're lying to try to kind of save themselves? I kind of agree with both of them. I think the Oscars, I think they are lying. I think they're embarrassed. Two two one seven two eight three. Let's go to Ron. Ron is up here on Pushing the Limits. What's up, Ron? 
Hey, hey, Brian. I, I agree with you. I think they should strip him. They should strip him of his Oscar, kick him out of the Actors Guild, and no, you know, not let him come back for two years. Uh, he, he, they're not finished with him. I, I guarantee you that prosecutors looking into it because it, it's not up to Chris Rock. It's not. If they want to prosecute him, they'll prosecute him. Do you agree with me that? You know, I, I see the Jim Carrey kiss of Alicia Silverstone, which is really tough to watch. Clearly, she didn't want that kiss. And then I, I, I see Holly Berry, who was, who was basically it was a sexual assault on her years ago. And I say to myself, you know, where's the Me Too movement then? You know, I think I think it's okay to be a part of the Me Too movement, uh, talking about uh, violence, sexual assault. I, I'm all on board with that. But then when it happens at the Oscars, where's Hollywood? That's my question. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Also, you know, it, I'm not uh, a lot of uh, a lot of actors are 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 more to the left. But you know, anytime you you encroach encroach on somebody, it, it's just not a good deal. Because even if you if you meant well, like a compliment, it, you know, it's it's best to stay professional and to yourself. You know, and yeah. and you know, hi, good morning, hey, I hope you have a good day, have a good evening. That's it. You know. Yeah. I'll tell you nice something on the other right? side. On the other side of things, though, I, I wish a, uh, an attractive woman would do that to me. I'll welcome it. You know, you, you, <laughs> it, you, any day of the week. Brian, yeah. Brian, if my girlfriend thinks you're attractive, then you know, hey, I, I hey, you know, take that as a compliment because my my girl. I don't know if that's age. I don't know if that's a compliment for you though. That's the thing. I don't know. I don't know. But I, but <laughs> hey, I, tell her tell her I own. tell her uh, when she breaks up with you, please to shoot me over a text. All right, uh, Ron. I'm sorry. That was yeah, a hor- I sure will. It was a horrible. You have joke. a good day. Thanks, Ron. I appreciate yep. that. All right. Now I now I want to know what Ron's Bye. girlfriend looks like. Now I'm now I'm uh, really. Uh, now I'm going to be thinking about that all day. What does Ron's girlfriend look like? Does she look like Jessica Alba? All right, I'm speaking to Ron's girlfriend right now. Listen, you got to dump this guy, man, okay? I mean, Ron seems like a really nice guy, and I appreciate the fact that he calls into the show, but I'm a stud. So, you know, find me on Facebook or social media, break up with Ron, and then you and I can go out for sushi, and Ron can be the third wheel. I'm totally okay with that, totally fine with that. I'm just kidding, Ron. Thank you for calling in. I want to switch topics here real quickly. Um, you know, the, the people on the right, they want to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop all the time, right, 24-7. So I'm hosting this event tomorrow at the – I believe it's called the Ahern Hotel. you got all these people that are running for office, for governor, for lieutenant governor, for senate. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm the moderator. If somebody brings up Hunter Biden's laptop, I am going to lose my mind. All the things that we are going through in society right now, the war in Ukraine, COVID, inflation – If anybody brings up Hunter Biden's laptop, I'm going to just say, stop, dude. Just stop. Let's look at your laptop. Let's see in your – I want a forensic audit of your laptop. Just stop it, okay? But all these outraged Republicans, right, they've accused big tech and Democrats and the liberal media of colluding to censor reports on Hunter Biden's laptop. First of all, that's not happening. Hunter Biden has not been charged with a crime. Oh, yeah, here's something else. Hunter Biden is not a politician, last I checked. If you can find me something that he did that was against the law, no problem. No problem. But this idea that, like, Hunter Biden dropped off this laptop at this store and he never picked it up, and then it's been in the hands of Rudy Giuliani, who I'm sure didn't tamper with it at all, right? Just like he wasn't tampering with his genitalia in the Borat movie. I mean, give me a break. I mean, the fact that all these guys are... I've touched this laptop, the, the Matt Gateses and the Rudy Giuliani's of the world. Give me a freaking break. 
But it's amazing to me because Tom Cotton, who, by the way, is one of the biggest scumbags on earth, who is a weasel uh, who wears the Donald Trump knee pads every day. Tom Cotton is one of the worst humans. He says, the New York Times admits that we've known for years the Hunter Biden laptop story was true. That's a lie. What you guys have been saying is that Hunter Biden was was having sex with underage Asian women and there's pictures of him snorting cocaine off of prostitutes. There is no evidence to support that. None. Zero. Just because the laptop exists doesn't mean that he broke any laws. If he did, then fine. But what does that mean when it comes to Joe Biden? It's not Joe Biden's fault. Hunter Biden is not a politician. Do you know that, and by the way, Republicans will never talk about this, ever. Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner made upwards of $640 million during the Trump administration. But do you hear Gymnasium Jordan or Tom Cotton or Matt Gates talking about that? By the way, Matt Gates is probably the last guy who should be talking about laptops because last I checked, he's in a lot of trouble and he's under an investigation for using his Venmo account, paying young women for sex. But this is the guy that wants to hear about Hunter Biden's laptop. You see, here's the difference. Matt Gates is actually an elected official and Hunter Biden is not. But these guys are so fixated on Hunter Biden's laptop. Let's go to Gymnasium Jordan. Who's Gymnasium Jordan? Real name Jim Jordan. He was an assistant wrestling coach for years. Multiple young men went up to him saying that they were sexually abused and assaulted at the university, and Gymnasium Jordan did absolutely nothing about it. I interviewed one of those people a few years ago, telling me that Gymnasium Jordan was crying to him on the phone, please do not talk about this story. But Gymnasium Jordan, the guy who covered up sex abuse at his school, is the same guy. That same guy who now wants to hear about Hunter Biden's laptop and wants to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. By the way, this is the same guy who's never passed anything in office. Nothing. Here is Gymnasium Jordan, in his own words, doing an interview on Fox News, talking about Hunter Biden's laptop and how the media covered it up. Listen to this. Ranking member, Congressman Jim Jordan. Uh, Congressman, did the media and social media suppress the Hunter Biden story deliberately? (laughs) Yeah, well, of course they did. I mean, look, the laptop was real. The emails were real. The eyewitness, Tony Bobolinsky, was real. The only thing fake about a year and a half ago was the news. Uh, You're exactly right. Big tech, big Democrat party and big media all colluded to keep critical information from the American people in the run-up to the most important election we have, a presidential election. So we're launching an investigation because the real thing here was how Facebook and Twitter suppressed this information. What did they know? Who were they talking to? That's what our letters that just went out today to Facebook and Google saying, tell us on Twitter, excuse me, tell us what, what, um, what you knew, who you were talking with, why you made this decision, because we now know, according to the Post, according to the New York Times, something we knew a year and a half ago, that this stuff was as real as it gets. So... As real as it gets. Folks, I want to explain to you what a piece of human scum Jim Jordan is. First of all, we had something called the January 6th insurrection. Jim Jordan spoke with Donald Trump multiple times that day. Refuses to speak to the commission about it. Doesn't want to give out any information. So when it comes to overthrowing our democracy or an attempt to do so, when it comes to 140 officers being injured, people died that day. Jim Jordan was, does not want to get down to the bottom of that. Jim Jordan does not want 
the truth. Why? Because he was a part of it. So when it comes to actually human beings dying and so many politicians in fear for their life, that's not that important to Jim Jordan. Certainly not important enough to get down to the truth. But when it comes to somebody who's not a politician and rumors, and that's all they are, speculation and rumors that there might be illegal activity on a laptop of somebody who is not a politician, that's where Jim Jordan will make those TV appearances. That's what Jim Jordan will talk about. When it comes to young adults, teenagers being sexually abused, that's not as important to Jim Jordan as Hunter Biden's laptop. When it comes to officers being beaten, people dying at the hands of the big lie, which Jim Jordan still seems to not oppose, that Donald Trump won the election, that's not a big deal to Jim Jordan. That's not a big deal to Matt Gates. Oh, no. Not at all. Trailer Trash, also known as Lauren Boebert out of Colorado, raging on Twitter. She says, now that the New York Times has confirmed the Hunter Biden laptop's veracity, can we begin to admit that Joe Biden is, by definition, a compromised politician? No, we can't, you stupid dope. You trailer trash dope. No, we can't. Because you have no evidence that any laws were broken on that laptop. Have you seen what's on the laptop? Do you know what's on it? Do you know if Joe Biden did anything wrong? Because if he did, I'm pretty sure there are some Republicans that work in the FBI. I'm pretty sure they probably would have done something about it by now. And by the way, this laptop has already been compromised. It's been in the hands of Rudy Giuliani. Could you be any more compromised than that? That lush? Give me a break. As I said, Jim Jordan tweeted, uh, told (laughs) you. That's what Jim Jordan said. Told you. Told you what? What? Tell me what the evidence is. What did Hunter Biden do that was wrong? Oh, yeah, by the way, again, not a politician. What did he do? What, because there's a laptop that exists? That means you're a very... What if there's nothing on the laptop? What what are they saying? The House Judiciary GOP linked the laptop scandal to claims by Democrats that former President Donald Trump colluded with Russia ahead of the 2016 presidential election. Uh, According to one tweet said, they told you President Trump colluded with Russia. He didn't. They told you Hunter Biden's laptop was fake. It wasn't. Uh, Who said uh, the laptop was fake? Who said that? I certainly haven't said that. What I've said all along is I don't buy the story that he just dropped off this laptop into a store, never picked it up. I didn't really buy that story. And by the way, just because Hunter Biden, I mean, I have a laptop. Does that mean I had sex with underage girls? Because you can get your hands on my laptop? I mean, I'll be honest with you. You might find some porn, but it's not going to be porn of any women uh, that are underage. I can tell you that. Maybe Numchuck. I'm just kidding, Numchuck. That was a horrible joke. No, but in all seriousness, okay, just because you have a laptop doesn't mean that you've broken any laws. What are they claiming that Hunter Biden did? Where are the charges? What did he do that was wrong? Just because there's a laptop that's out there doesn't mean he did anything wrong. You know, it's it's hypocrisy at its finest, right? It really is. These are the same idiots, and that's what they are. They are right-wing idiots. It's the definition of hypocrisy. You'll never hear Lauren Boebert or Jim Jordan or the trashiest Republicans alive. You'll never hear them talk about the commission and saying, you know, we got to make sure that January 6th uh, insurrection never happens again. Let's just get down to the bottom of it. I'll give them every information, you know, all the information. That they need. They'll never do that. People died that day. But they want to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop on a time when we have innocent people, so many of our allies, dying in the Ukraine right now. 
You want to complain about inflation? You want to complain about gas prices? Give me some solutions. Jim Jordan hasn't had a solution for anything. His entire agenda across his entire tenure as a politician has been attack minorities, attack black people, attack immigrants, kiss the ass of Donald Trump, attack every Democrat you possibly can, but have zero solutions for any of your criticisms of Democrats. You have no health care plan, but every day Jim Jordan will complain about Obamacare. Never passed any health care. No idea what he's talking about. You're going to complain about COVID and how it was a Democratic hoax. What were your solutions to COVID? Just keep everything open? Nobody wear masks? What was your, what really, hydroxychloroquine? Was that your, uh, really, they have no solutions for anything. All they do is cry and complain about Democrats. At least Democrats put a health care plan in place. At least they actually did some things during COVID to protect people's health. What are you doing? Protecting people's rights? What, the right for a woman not to be able to get an abortion? Is that your freedom? My body, my choice. Don't force me to get a vaccine. But hey, when it comes to a woman and her body, we're going to force you not to get an abortion. I have no idea what Republicans stand for today. I really don't. I talk about it all the time. Maybe I'll get some answers tomorrow at this event. I literally have no idea what Republicans stand for anymore. What do they stand for? Helping people get back to work? How? By giving tax breaks to CEOs of Fortune 500 companies? What is your definition of how to help people get back to work? I'd love to know. Continue to pay people $8 an hour at Walmart, refusing to raise the minimum wage? Not allowing a woman on on paternity leave? By the way, it was just yesterday you refused to lower the cost of insulin for diabetics. I know. I'm a diabetic. The overwhelming majority of Republicans out there refuse to lower the price of insulin. And they want to talk to me about health care? F you. F you. Democrats all over the country are trying to lower the price of of, uh, insulin. And, and drugs that people need to survive. Republicans vote against it every time. What do you stand for? Are those your Christian values? Are those your values as, as, an, as a Christian? Is that what God would want you to do? I mean, it's so pathetic. They're talking about Hunter Biden's laptop. People are dying out there in Ukraine. People are dying here. People can't afford their medication. But they want to talk about Hunter Biden's laptop. They are scum of the earth. Lauren Boebert is scum of the earth. She is trailer trash scum. And by the way, so is her husband who exposed himself to teenage women in front of her. So she has very great taste in men as well. Marjorie Taylor Greene, scum. Jim Jordan, scum. Matt Gaetz is the definition of white privilege, scum. These are some of the scummiest people on the planet. And I hate all of them. There are good Republicans out there. Those I mentioned, disgusting people forget about the fact that they're republicans disgusting and we're in a lot of trouble in this country but i feel for the people of the ukraine i really do and the guy that we have joining us next his name is ian murphy makes a lot of appearances on the bbc he's got friends and family that are in ukraine i guarantee you ian murphy's not going to want to talk about hunter biden's laptop he's going to actually want to talk about real issues that affect you And there's a lot of people in the city of Las Vegas who are affected by this. I mean, we're all affected by it. There are people in Las Vegas, a large Ukrainian contingency here, that have friends and family in Ukraine, and they can't do anything about it. So what can we do to help? We're going to have Ian Murphy join us next to tell us a little bit about what's going on in Ukraine, his friends and family, how are they doing, and what can you do to help? So we will take a quick break, and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. 
Hey, everybody, are you struggling to find a pizza place that reminds you of Brooklyn? That true blue New York style pie? Well, worry no more. Stallone's Italian Eatery Pizza is a knockout. We're located at 467 East Silverado Ranch Boulevard, just off of Premier Road, half a mile east of South Point Casino, just minutes from the Las Vegas Strip. Come by and grab a slice of pie. Plus, check out our Brooklyn-inspired Italian cuisine. Our sandwiches are super. Hero, that is. Because why be a sub when you can be a hero? Stallone's Italian Eatery is here to serve you phenomenal food, Vegas. Forget about it. A great time. Your entertainment destination, the South Point, invites you to experience the ultimate great time under one roof. Dancing, a live show, a movie, delicious dining, and one of South Point's 11 restaurants. So much to see. So much to do. You won't know where to start first. This week, make it a South Point week and discover for yourself why the South Point is your entertainment destination for a great time. Best of Las Vegas winners each of the last two years. Glaze Donuts is a family business. Taste the passion and quality in each delectable handmade donut. Experience amazing fresh donuts at Glaze Donuts. Located at 6545 South Fort Apache Road on the southwest corner of Sunset. Glaze is open every day from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. If you're interested in large orders, please call them at 702-246-2888. Follow Glaze on Facebook and Instagram where they're showing off all their delicious treats. And check them out at glazedonutslv.com. Hey, Las Vegas, you want to be part of one of the fastest-growing radio shows in the Valley? Now's your chance. Radio advertising has remained one of the most effective promotional channels for advertisers for years. And now you have the opportunity to be part of this exciting new show called Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. We have multiple sales packages with wide ranges of pricing to fit your budget. Live reads, live remotes, you name it, we can offer it. So give us a call at 702-576-0493. That number again, 702-576-0493. Give us a call and we will take care of you. All right, welcome back. It is Pushing to the Limits on a Friday. So glad you could join us. Coming up at the top of the hour, Brian Salmon in studio, Sports Anchor Channel 3. Plenty of stuff to get to with him. I'm sorry, folks. But the bottom line here is that there are so many issues, not just facing this country, but, of course, the war in Ukraine right now. And the last thing anybody should be talking about is Hunter Biden's laptop. These people that are doing this in the House chambers are scumbags. They don't care about you. They're just trying to make political points, and it drives me nuts. So I want to know what we can do to help people in Ukraine. You know, uh, earlier this week we had several uh, beautiful young ladies in studio. Uh, actually, it was last week. It was Friday. It's a b- beautiful young ladies, uh, very intelligent, uh, from Ukraine, talking to me a little bit about you know what they're dealing with. And the guy we have with us on the line right now, he's made plenty of appearances on the BBC, which I respect very much. And uh, he also has some friends and family, uh, sadly, that are in Ukraine right now struggling to, to survive. Uh, Ian Murphy joins us right now on the line to talk about what's taking place out there. Ian, I do appreciate you coming on. How are you? Uh, thank you for having me. Um, I'm okay, thank you. Yes, no problem. So, so uh, well, I'm glad. I'm glad to hear that you're okay. Can you please tell me? Uh, I know you have a lot of friends and family in Ukraine. Where are you originally from? If you can share that with our listeners. I'm originally from England, mm-hmm. um, but part of my family is Ukrainian, and they're 
um, my godmother, cousins, many friends. I spent a couple of very long summers there as an older teenager. Um, I have a strong affection for and affinity with the country and wonderful memories of my time there. Of course, of course. I've never been to Ukraine, but uh, wonderful people. I've met so many wonderful people from Ukraine. So, Ian, let me start by asking you this. Your thoughts on Vladimir Putin. Obviously, I was, I'm very upset with anybody, including a former president, saying anything nice about what is an evil, murderous dictator. I'm sure you would agree with that. What do you make of Vladimir Putin and what he's done over the course of the last, uh, not only the course of the last month, but his entire career as a politician? I think that one of the things that happens with power and great power um, is an arrogance, especially if there aren't adequate adequate checks and balances within a system. And we see the arrogance of an autocratic leader. I think also were the paranoia of an autocratic leader. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it has to be a form of arrogance that lets people think that they can get away with invading countries and get away with this kind of non-discriminatory uh, bombing and violence and um, really has the the personality of a bully in that way, thinking that nobody's going to stand up to him, nobody's going to stop him, therefore he can do anything. Mm. And it's important that there is some kind of accountability for this because I think we all know there's only one way to stop a bully. I agree, and I was going to talk to you about that next. That's my next question. You know, a lot of Republicans in, in this country are saying, Joe Biden, you know, the sanctions weren't fast enough, and you've got to give him these sanctions and those sanctions. And my response is, you could give him all the sanctions in the world that's going to not stop him from doing what he's doing. Do you agree with that, and do you agree with me that the only way really to stop Vladimir Putin is to take him out? For the most part. For the most part, because uh, there has to be a lot of pride wrapped up in this as well. Not only personal pride, but but pride in Russia, that nationalistic pride, and he's believed that that Russian army is unbeatable. Mm-hmm. And But he's only proved that by picking on smaller territories and countries uh, and smaller targets. And there has to be um, that sense of injured pride that makes it very difficult for him to walk away from this situation and hitting people financially is a difficult thing. I think some of the criticism um, of our government is unfair because the level of sanctions that we've seen are are unprecedented. Do I think they could and should do more? Yes. But we haven't seen uh, this degree of sanctions before in in the history of the US. So um, I think we need to be careful to not overly criticise there uh, for the speed of the response and the detail of the response. But Mm. Is that going to stop this invasion? Probably not. Uh, More likely what's going to stop it is the resistance that we're seeing throughout Ukraine, and not just from the military, but at every level of society. Um, When I hear um, stories from friends and family in Ukraine of 80-year-old grandmothers, you know, training, you know, how to use guns, how to defend themselves, how to defend their towns, Uh, The mind boggles. You can't imagine, literally, we can't imagine being that kind of situation. Here we are in Las Vegas. Can you imagine tanks rolling through our streets, indiscriminatory shelling of our buildings, apartment complexes being destroyed and shelled? Uh, You can't quite wrap your mind about it, around it. The Ukrainian people are having to do that, are having to make those mental adjustments, uh, 
having to deal with uh, sheer horror, literal horror, of not knowing if your apartment will be intact in the morning, not hearing from friends and relatives, you know, for days and for weeks, and not knowing if that means they're in an area where there aren't communications or something terrible has happened to them. Uh, Just the basics of life that are completely destabilised, not knowing where you'll find bread or water or food for that day, not knowing where you'll find basic first aid supplies. And I think as well, one of the aspects of war that goes unconsidered in this, you know, you have whole towns where men of fighting age have left the bigger cities and these are people who have regular jobs. This is not soldiers in the army, although, of course, they're doing their piece. These are dentists. These are teachers. These are janitors. These are maintenance workers. And many of them are dying. Mm. So when we eventually reach a post-war period, there is so much rebuilding that has to happen. You can't immediately replace hundreds of dentists. Right. It requires years of training. You can't immediately replace plumbers and carpenters and teachers and doctors and and such like. So the the devastation to the whole of Ukrainian society and culture is just absolutely unfathomable and beyond cruel. It's barbaric. I agree. I agree with you 100%. If you're just joining us, you're speaking with Ian Murphy. uh, has made plenty of appearances on BBC, talking right now to him about uh, what is going on in Ukraine in this uh, horrible situation, and he described it of what uh, some of these people in this great country are having to go through. Uh, Ian also has friends and family uh, in Ukraine right now. Can you speak to that? Can you talk to me a little bit about what your family has told you about like a regular every day in the life of somebody that lives in the Ukraine right now and what they're experiencing and what they have to go through to survive? One of the complicated things about this is that we think about war in very abstract ways. We think of it as maybe, you know, in the trenches, in the middle of nowhere, or in the desert, or somewhere else. And one of the um, terrible but important things about this war has been the way access to technology and social media has changed that, that we're able to see daily footage from people's cameras, uh, things that people are communicating, Facebook, Twitter, everything else that brings it home to people in a different way. And I think that's part of why there has been such a swell of support for the Ukrainian people, because we are seeing and experiencing war in a very different way than we have done before. The other piece about it is that when we think of what we think of that constant onslaught, and that's true for the country as a whole, but it's actually happening in waves and in pockets. And uh, there are areas of Kiev that I'm told are relatively untouched and areas that are just absolutely devastated and destroyed. And so depending where you are living... You might be spending every night in a bomb shelter, Mm. or you may have been able to stay in your apartment the whole time. Mm. You may be walking through a quiet park that's been untouched, or you may be walking past the place that you worked in government buildings that have been raised to the ground. Uh, So you have that vast experience, but even if you're in a part that is untouched, you have that constant fear. But tonight or today could be that day when they shell or they bomb or send tanks into your area. 
Um, most of my family are in western Ukraine and in smaller towns, and they thought that they were relatively safe. They've still been making preparations, but then we saw the complete destruction of the Nitsa airport, and that's just over an hour's drive away from where my godmother lives. And so that was a real waking moment, which thought, hang on, I'm not that far from the Polish border, not that far from the Moldova border. This is a small town, middle of nowhere. Surely we're going to be okay. We're not going to be directly touched by it. When something comes that close, it's shocking. Of course. Yeah, of um, course. Yeah. And then the, the big city Lviv on the western border with Poland, until recently, had been relatively untouched. Now that's getting shelled regularly. Uh, that's getting bombed regularly. Mm. Is it a lot of shells, a lot of bombs? No. But if it's happening every night, it's it's a literal horror. Yeah. Even if it's one raid that goes over, the sirens going off, who can sleep through that? Mm. And that's one of the forms of torture that we're familiar with, right? Right. Sound torture. Yeah. Um, we we know that this happens in, in situations with prisoners and things, that one of the things that is done is to play disruptive noise or loud noise and repeated things and use that sleep deprivation that's one of the things that's exactly happening gosh i just can't you know as an, as americans we just we've never really had to experience anything like that before and we take this country for granted sometimes uh i, I want to ask you this uh ian and I alluded to this when I first brought you on. Uh, you know, we had uh, just recently Madison Cawthorn, a Republican representative in Congress, who called Zelensky a thug. I want to be very clear on this. I think Zelensky's a hero. I think he is a born leader. I think he has done a tr- – not I think, I know. He's done a tremendous job in fighting for his people, a great leader. People in this country calling him a thug, actual – not just – regular everyday people, but actually people in office that hold office in this country. He had Donald Trump recently, several weeks ago, after Vladimir Putin invaded uh, Ukraine, calling him smart, calling him savvy, and actually having the gall to call him a peacemaker. I don't know how you feel about that, but when I, when I hear some of our politicians in this country or former presidents making statements like that, it gets me very, very angry, and I think it's an embarrassment that they make statements like that. What do you, what do you take of that in some of our politicians current or past, making those type of remarks? It's absolutely disgusting and, and stunning, and at times it's left me literally lost the words. And as you can tell, that's very difficult to happen for me. Uh, it's a complete outrage that anybody would think of doing that or saying things like that when we are seeing daily the things that are happening, when we are seeing elderly care centres shelled, orphanages shelled, cancer hospitals shelled and destroyed. But anyone can say a, a word of praise or admiration uh, for somebody leading a country that's doing that is beyond my comprehension. And, you know, you can't imagine what the response would have been if somebody had stood up in praise of Saddam Hussein or Osama bin Laden. Right. You can't imagine what the response would be. And yet somehow 
there are people who think it's okay and legitimate to give praise to Putin. Like Ian, that. why? Now, why, Ian? My question is why? Does Vladimir Putin, in your opinion, have something over on Donald Trump? Why has Donald Trump – you remember, Ian, when they were on a world stage and, and, and Donald Trump took the side of Vladimir Putin over our own intelligence when it came to Russian interference in our elections. And I said to myself, I've never heard Donald Trump say anything negative about Vladimir Putin, yet when it comes to our own politicians here, Joe Biden, he'll trash Joe Biden every day. But when it comes to an evil, murderous dictator, I've never heard him say anything negative about Vladimir Putin to this day. Uh, in fact, it's the opposite. And I ask you, and it might be a difficult question to answer, what does Vladimir Putin have over Donald Trump, or does Donald Trump just admire evil, murderous dictators? I think it's closer to the latter. I think that Donald Trump in power thought that he was beyond accountability and wanted to be the type of leader that Putin is, um, that Putin doesn't brook with dissent, doesn't brook with protests in the street, doesn't brook with opposition. He has no hesitation to send the police in to break up protests, to put people into jail, to jail opposition leaders and to really suppress things. He you know, believes he is in complete control. He is that autocratic figure and I think that Trump thought that he could be, thought that anything he said as president could magically happen. Thankfully, it wasn't quite that way. But I think that that creates in, in, in Trump uh, that kind of admiration for people who are able to do whatever they want and get away with it. Yeah. Uh, I think that Trump is uh, similarly a bully-type figure, and uh, he admires that in, in other people. And I think that... Uh, that's an embarrassment, frankly, because I think it speaks to weakness um, Agreed. psychologically. Agree. It's beyond um, it's beyond an embarrassment. I agree with you 100 percent. Joe Biden recently called Vladimir Putin a uh, war criminal, which clearly he is. And by the way, I had no problem with Joe Biden's comments the other day when he said uh, he's got to be at the regime has to go. Even I, I don't know why people freaked out over that. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a policy statement that he made. I think we all would probably agree the world would be a much better place if that regime was out of there and a new regime was in. Why do you think so many people, particularly on the right freaked out when Joe Biden made that statement? Well, uh, I think that uh, on the right, people think that they own kind of strongman politics. And when they see a Democrat saying things like that, I think it, it scares them in terms of partisan advantage and such like. I think Biden was right to say it. And I think it's important to note that he wasn't saying we need to remove Putin specifically. Right. He's saying that there has to be that regime change, uh, regardless of how it happens, whether it's the Russian people making it happen, um, or the leaders in Russia making it happen, whatever. But we see with Putin a track record of invading other countries, of destroying cities, and really bully, bullying and muscling his way to further power and territorial reach. This is not a one-off that is happening in Ukraine. It's part of a series of events. There is no reason to think that Putin would stop with this. Mm. And so uh, the comment makes sense in that way. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it does. If you had an opportunity to be in a room with Vladimir Putin, I'm not sure you'd want that opportunity, but if you did, what would you say to him? I would say to him, but I know you have a love for your country, 
go speak with the widows and with the mothers of the Russian soldiers, the people who've lost their loved ones and their families, and see how they feel, see how war really affects people. When people tell me they're praying for Ukraine, I ask them to pray for the people of Russia as well, because war is wholesale destruction. War scars people. And that applies to the families who are losing their loved ones in Russia, just as it does to Ukraine. And this is a decision made by Putin, enforced by military leaders. It doesn't mean the Russian people are terrible people. It doesn't mean, you know, we know that if our president ordered our military to go in somewhere, they're going to do it. Right. It doesn't mean that our soldiers are terrible people if they are sent into an unjust war or an unjust situation. And so there, there are casualties, there is trauma on all sides. And so I would ask him, talk to the people from your country that you claim to love about the grief that they have to go through. Look them in the eyes and tell them this is justified and fair. I think that's well said. I think that's very well said. I don't don't know if he has any empathy for anybody, but I totally get where you're coming from there. Do you believe there are some people that believe that he will use uh, nuclear weapons? He he will use them. Do you believe he would go that far in in to do that? Do you think he's that reckless that he could do that? At this stage, I doubt it. But when you If somebody feels backed into a corner, you can never be sure what they'll do. And that option is always there. But what I would say is this. We can't act in fear of that possibility, because if we do, we would never to stand up to anyone who has nuclear weapons because of that possibility that they use them. If we show that we're afraid of that and don't act against them, we empower them. And I think we increase the risks that they end up being used because we are telling them, you have this potent weapon that you can hold over us. Right. Well, we cannot have that hesitancy to stand up against a bully, to stand up against somebody who's committing war crimes mm-hmm. and literally destroying wholesale cities. Right. We yeah. cannot let that that risk that I think is really quite small because Putin knows if he starts a nuclear war, there are going to be plenty of nukes sent his way in return. He knows that that's a mutually assured destruction. There are really strong uh, checks that would hold in place from doing that. Does that make it impossible? No. Right. But mostly unlikely. And, and I certainly hope I tend to agree with you. And I, and, I, and I hope you're right on that one. Ian, I wanted to ask you this. You know, I remember the story of Otto Warmbier, as I'm sure you do, the poor kid who was in North Korea. And, you know, he tore down a poster and ended up costing him his life. It's just a, a tragic story. I hope I'm wrong. I hope there's no similarities with Brittany Griner. But of course, you heard the story about WNBA player Brittany Griner. She's one of the best female basketball players in the world, of course, from the United States. Uh, Russian has her... Uh, basically in captivity in a, in a jail cell, I would imagine. She's still alive, and she could be facing, well, from what we've heard, up to 10 years in prison for really doing nothing wrong. And uh, they're claiming that she had this uh, substance, this marijuana substance on her person, which I've spoke to some of her friends, and they don't think she did that because she's been playing professional basketball in Russia for seven years, and they said she would know better. So my question to you is, what do you make of this Brittany Griner story and I'd be very concerned for her because it seems like they're probably going to use her now as some sort of political pawn. How do you, th- how do you see this shaping out? 
It, it's very concerning, very worrying. Um, one of the things in my mind is, why did it take this long to become a story? If this had been an NBA player, um, a guy, we would have known about this long ago. It would have mm. been a much bigger deal. And I think that we have to look into the mirror a little and, and think about this and consider this. But it's extremely concerning. Yeah, yeah, it is. Do you think that the fact that she is uh, part of the gay community and she's a champion for the gay community, and we know how Vladimir Putin and his regime feels about that, in my personal opinion, sadly, I think this makes her situation even worse. W- would you agree with that? Uh, definitely. Look, we can't know what's in the minds of the Russian authorities, but it would not surprise us in any way, given their anti-LGBT crusades in the past and the oppression that the LGBT community suffers from, if that were a factor in their minds. Even if it wasn't a factor in her arrest and detention, it wouldn't surprise us if it was a factor in the way that she is being treated while she's being held. We know how um, the Russian government treats um, political prisoners. Not that she is expressly a political prisoner, but we know how they treat people who they deem to be less than, who they deem to be a problem. Right. And you know, it's understandable that there is deep concern for how she's been treated and what is happening to her. Yeah, no question. And we hope she gets out of there sooner than later and that she's okay. This would be my last question for you, Ian, and I really do appreciate you taking the time to join us. I know you have friends and family in Ukraine right now that are suffering. Obviously, our thoughts and prayers uh, go out go out to all of them. What can people do here in Las Vegas to help? If anything, what can we do? I mean, are there, I know there are some charities. What would you recommend people do to help, if anything? There are lots of different things. First thing I would mention is there is a Facebook group, Ukrainians in Las Vegas, and that is full of information about upcoming events, whether they are, um, we had a car parade a couple of weeks ago, um, fundraisers, benefits. Also, there are people who have the opportunity to travel mostly to Poland, um, who are then getting supplies into Ukraine and helping people there are putting out appeals using the group to have contacts and say hey this is where i'm going this is the room i've got can you help with filling these cases can you help with filling this air freight um there's also saturday april 9th there is a concert at the west charleston library sorry west charleston library give ukraine a helping hand our tickets are 20 dollars uh, that will be a variety of polish and ukrainian singers for the most part uh, there'll be songs of uh, Polish solidarity and freedom, Ukrainian folk songs. All of the profits uh, will be donated to support in Ukraine. Um, there'll also be pastries, Ukrainian and Polish pastries sold afterwards to help raise funds for that. Uh, and there'll be um, all of those singers are local, and there'll be some local stars there too. It should be a great night. And there are all kinds of events like that happening. Um, At the V Theatre last week, there was a Ukrainian artist, um, acrobats and performers variety show. There are all these things going on, and that Facebook group is a really good resource for finding out about them Mm -hmm. and finding out different ways that you can help, that you can donate, that you can learn more about Ukraine and Ukrainian culture. Absolutely, and I I will certainly be attending some of those events. I'll do anything I can to help. Uh, Ian, it really has been a pleasure speaking with you. I appreciate uh, your wealth of information, and like I said, I wish uh, your friends and family well, and we'll do anything we can to help. And uh, thank you again for your time, Ian. We really appreciate you. Thank you. 
Thank you very much, and thank you for having me. Of course, anytime. I uh, hope to have you on again soon, Ian. That was really awesome. Thank you very much. That's Ian Murphy, a regular guest on uh, the BBC. I can see why, by the way. Very knowledgeable guy, very well-spoken, and, and certainly knows his stuff. He knows what he's talking about. Uh, and we, uh, it's so sad what's going on over there. Uh, I say it every day. You know, my thoughts, my prayers go out to those people in Ukraine and Russia as well. He makes a very valid point. The overwhelming, in my personal opinion, majority of people in Russia do not agree with Vladimir Putin, but they're afraid to speak out on it and they're afraid to say anything about it in fear for their own lives. So it's, uh, it's war's not going to end anytime soon. But as Ian just mentioned, there are plenty of things you could do right here in Las Vegas to raise money and help the people uh, in Ukraine. And uh, I'll certainly do what I can to continue to have people like Ian on to kind of spread the word, talk about events, and and talk to real people that um, are struggling. Talk to real people um, that have family and friends over there that are in fear of their lives. You know, it's uh, I, I guess we take advantage of it in this country. We never have to deal with anything like that. You know, hiding in a bunker, uh, not knowing when or if you might be shelled, hoping that if it does happen, you don't suffer. I can't imagine what these people are going through. It's so horrible, but we'll do whatever we can to help. That's all we can do, right? All right, we're going to take a quick break. Tough to make the transition from war to sports, but I'm going to do my best to do that. Uh, We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, my man Brian Salmon, Channel 3 Sports, is going to be joining us. King Anchor, as I call him. I got a lot to get to with him, but I have to start with Will Smith. I know he's a Will Smith fan, so I have to ask him that whole situation at the Oscars. Get into some Laker talk. By the way, LeBron James got me today. He got me on April Fool's. Uh, he, He got me. I thought he was out for the season. When he said he was out for the season, I thought he was. By the way, not out of the realm of possibility at all, considering how much the Lakers suck. Uh, I wouldn't wouldn't surprise me if you wanted to sit out the rest of the year. I wouldn't blame them. We'll talk a little bit about that. Some Raiders talk. Uh, Oakland A's, what's going on there? Are they ever going to move here? Is that going to happen? Are they staying put? Uh, the Henderson Silver Knights are playing their first game in Henderson, actually, tomorrow. So that's kind of exciting. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Well, I don't know if his life has been turned upside down, but uh, his relationship might be a little upside down, and I think he lost his mind. Welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. Uh, I'll get into the, the Will Smith stuff a little bit more with my man joining me in studio. You know, I call him King Anchor for Channel 3 Sports. The guy is everywhere. He's covering everything. Uh, and his name is Brian Salmon. B-Sal, as I like to call him. B-Sal, thanks for coming in studio, my man. How are you doing? Uh, Shap! My man, Brian. I've been What's called worse. You, I've been called worse than that. That's for uh, sure. BS. How about that? Were you watching BS? Is that I'm full of BS. Uh, Brian, were you watching the Oscars? Where were you? Were you working uh, at that time? <laughs> where, where were you when that? When I that... was actually working because it was Sunday night, so I had the Sunday show. Yeah, Jesse was out of town, so I was. I did the six o'clock, the ten o'clock, the eleven o'clock, and then the half hour sports show. So the first time, yeah. Twitter was going crazy. The first time you saw that video, what went through your mind? Did you think it was real or fake? I thought it was fake. I didn't know what was going on because yeah. the video that I got on Twitter. 
uh, it didn't have the the audio on it. So the audio went out. I'm like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> my coworker actually sent me a, a text message at like 1230. I was the last person to ever find out about the whole thing. It's like, what? She's like, did you see what happened? I was like, what the heck? Ha- what are you talking about? I looked at it up on my computer. I'm like, oh, my God. Goodness. That that really happened? So let me ask you a question. That really happened. If you were up for some sort of award and you've won awards before, maybe I'm not. slapping the hell out of everybody. No, no, but, like, but like uh, your wife is a, such a lovely lady. I was at your wedding. If somebody made a joke at your wife's expense and say, God forbid, you know, she had some sort of disease, yeah. you obviously wouldn't like it, right? But knowing you as, as I do, you would be able to control your emotions. You wouldn't get up and hit somebody, right? Like, well, Brian, um, I don't know if you know, but uh, I, I'm originally from Vallejo, California. That's true. And I kind of grew up. I, I, when I was younger, honestly, I really had a quick temper, and I would I would want to do something, not because of that instance. Well, you haven't hit me yet. That's why I say you must be able to control. Come your close, me. Yeah. I've come close. But no. <laughs> no, man. I mean, it, yeah. I, I'm I'm at the age now where, and I've gotten to that point a long time ago where you think of consequences before you do stuff. Right. And Will you know? Smith obviously wasn't doing that. No, I mean no. he got pushed over the edge to the point where he was like. Forgetting about the consequences, I, I'm. It was the straw that broke the camel's back because what Chris Rock said was not even remotely close right. to being something that it was a GI Jane joke. Like what he said, yes, you could make the argument that it's not her fault she lost her hair, yeah, that, so maybe a little bit distasteful. But I've heard much worse than that. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, the reason that you know the reason why he did it is because of everything that happened beforehand. Mm-hmm. I mean. People were talking about what he had in his book, what he said in his book, that he felt like a coward his whole life. I don't know if you heard that, but he wrote a book that I guess like the number one bestseller on... on I can't uh, imagine his wife sleeping with a bunch of other men publicly helps the situation. You know any. what? That obviously has something to do with it. it like has how she to, treated right? him, she emasculated him, right. and everybody's talked about him, the memes, and everything else. And then Chris Rock has said stuff about them previously that... You know, it was like you know a little another couple straws, and then just GI Jane thing that meant nothing. That there, there's no way that that one thing that he said was the reason why he got. Oh slapped. no, he's got issues. Will Smith needs to get exactly. some help. I don't think exactly. his wife. Listen, I am not blaming help. his wife for his actions. Yeah. At the same time, what she has put him through publicly, oh, God. Uh, he cannot be okay with that. No. He can say a million times over, "I'm okay with my life sleeping with other men." I think we all could agree. Uh, I don't think Will Smith is okay with it. Clearly, I, I think. And you know, it's too bad because it was a great movie. Uh, he did a great job in that movie oh, yeah, as playing yeah, the Williams yeah, yeah. Uh, sisters father my daughters love that yeah and and you know it's unfortunate that the night we're not talking about his incredible performance and all the other great performances but we're talking about a a violent act um do you agree with kareem abdul jabbar uh he as being a black man you as being a black man he says you know this hurts the black community because it's a stereotype now of of you know aggression you know black men and aggression so I, I thought what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, his statement was so eloquent and so right on point and that she could have defended herself as a strong black woman, which clearly she is. She could have defended herself with words and he could have defended his wife with words. I feel well, like it, it, it's, it sets things back. It doesn't help anybody. Well, there's a lot to unpack in that statement. Um, I think one uh, that she absolutely could have defended herself, but minus that. There's a million different ways that Will could have handled that, that they could have handled that, that would have been better than what they did. I mean, what happened was the the worst way to react in that situation. You know what I mean? Like going up and slapping Chris Rock is that that's the last thing on the list that should have been done. Um, but as far as I, what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar said, 
the whole stereotype and issues. There's not a, a there's really not a black person. I, I can I can speak for all black people right now because you know I'm I'm the representative. Um, <laughs> there's probably not a black person out there that saw that was wasn't like goodness gracious, dang. Most really? people, the majority, over ninety nine percent. It has to be, you know what I mean? Like, you just, you don't want, you don't want your, your dirty laundry, so to speak, aired out in and public. And it's even worse because for the first time in Oscars history, I'm sure you know this, the Real producer packing. was black and, and you had all these people that were black that put it together that I'm sure put a lot oh, of yeah. hard work into it. Oh, yeah. You have uh, the guy who's hosting it, who's black. I love Chris Rock. He's, he's phenomenal. The, the actual hosts were actually three women. Oh, I didn't Chris know Chris Rock was just a presenter. He was just a presenter. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I See, that shows you how much I care about the Oscars. Me too. And, but now we're talking. About it. Listen, there are people that are going to say this was staged. Uh, nonsense. This was not staged. This but, was real. But I thought that that's one of the things that At goes through your head. At the time, I thought it You're was like, fake. You, wow. But then when you see him crying right afterwards and Denzel and, all, and Bradley Cooper and all these guys coming up to him trying to calm him down, we learned that the LAPD was there. And now even Chris Rock is saying that the Oscars are lying, that nobody went up to Chris Rock to ask him if he thinks Will Smith should be removed. I would say he probably would have said no because he refused to press charges. Yeah. Do you believe, two-part yeah. question, do you believe that Will Smith should have been charged with a crime, no. number one? And do you believe that he should be banned from the Oscars? Neither. You don't. You think he should be allowed back next year? I, mean, I disagree with that. Yeah, like I mean, maybe they suspend him or something like that. Um, but banned from the Oscars for life, or just banned from what? Well, and, and even because I, I, I'm assuming that if you win an Oscar, that it's, it's maybe like winning a green jacket to where you have an unlimited, you know, invite to the Oscars or something like that. If say that is the case, then maybe like, hey, you can't come for the next bunch of years. But here's or something my like that. here's why I disagree with you a little bit. Uh, obviously, if you or I, if we hit somebody in the office in the workplace, we certainly lose our job. Probably going to be fired. Probably going to go to jail. You're definitely going to be fired. Been close. What is the difference? <laughs> Will Smith has a lot of money. He's a celebrity. I understand that. Yeah. But yeah. I mean. I, I don't think there's any difference. I think we should treat Will Smith like everybody else. At first, I was wondering, what, is, what song is Bad playing? Boys. The, why, no, I know. I got yeah. it now. But I'm like, why is he playing Bob Marley? To uh, co- Cops was one of my <laughs> was, favorite was shows. Was he high or something when he did this? Is that, is that what we're playing? No. I'm, um, so, I guess my 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 uh, devil's advocate would be the fact that I don't think that Will Smith doesn't work for the Oscars. One, it's it's probably like a club or a group or something like that. You know what I mean? It's not like the Oscars hire him to do the different movies and whatnot. It's a club that he's allowed to go to. So, like, whether or not they suspend him, I, I would say they absolutely have the right to be like, yo, you shouldn't, we don't want you here for the next whatever. But all at the same time, what he did and what he has done has brought more attention to the Oscars. Not good and, attention. And, and, and like, I know sometimes you know, bad like, press is good press, but, but, but not here, Bri. Here, not, I, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But in my opinion, it could be argued here. that is what I'm saying. This was the second lowest rated Oscars in the history of the Oscars. Was it? I do not believe, yes, really? that next wow. year there's going to be all these people watching because they think someone's going to be punched. You I'm telling so? you, I don't think so. Maybe to see what the changes are going to be at the Oscars. Like, are I they going to have they going to have bodyguards Listen, in black suits sitting? To the, the reason side? why I haven't watched the Oscars, number one, I don't care. I think it's boring. I think it's a bunch of rich Hollywood elitists performing verbal fellatio on everybody. That's hmm. honestly that's what I think it is. I just I just believe it to be boring. Uh, it's a chance for these actors and actors 
actresses to make more money. Listen, some of them are extremely talented, and I yeah. give them all the credit in the world. I just don't need to hear them cry with an acceptance speech. You want to hear an entertaining acceptance speech at an award show? Try the porn awards. I guarantee you'll be more. Uh, I guarantee you'll be more entertained. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to look at you in the eye right now and tell you I would rather go to the porn awards show than go to the Oscars because it's more entertaining and it's fun. Hmm. I don't think there's anything fun man, about going to the Oscars. A, that's I really a, don't. That's a really tough choice, man. If 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 someone were to ask me. <laughs> if someone were to ask me which award show would you like to go to, be man? honest. I know you're a married man. Woo! Be honest. No, you be honest now. No, I, I of course I'd be honest here, man. You're like, a married I, I, man, but forget about that for a moment. I don't, man. I, I, that's a tough choice, honestly. That's a tough. The only that's, the only reason I would honestly want to go to the Oscars, maybe, is because you would get to see people that you would want. Like you would get to see Denzel in person. Although I've actually shook his hand before, but. I'm trying to think of someone whom I would really want to see. But you're not going to get a chance to like mingle with them. That's not what I'm saying. You're just sitting there in the crowd. I know, and, but kind of being in the building with all right, television. Kind of what would you rather on? watch? TV. What? Would you rather watch the Oscars on TV? Forget about being there in person. Yeah. Or the porn awards on TV. I would say I, porn awards. I, I don't honestly don't want to watch either one of them on TV, honestly. <laughs> I really don't, man. Because like, I've never watched an Oscars before, and I've never watched the Porn Awards, and they come on. They're on Showtime. You've never watched the AVN Awards? No. Not once. It's in Vegas. You've never done that red carpet? No, it's I've, the funnest I've been... red carpet I've ever done in my life. Oh, because I can't get an invite. I want to go. But I, I mean, you can't get an invite. You're a te- you're. What are you talking about? I'm, I'm not Brian Shapiro, man. I'm the wrong. They don't BS. send you an invite. I'm the you wrong request BS. credential. You know how it works. What do you but mean I, invite? That's that's BS. So if you, <laughs> that's BS. It is Brian sounding, man. Come on, man. <laughs> no, nah, um, no. Nah, the fact that because would your only, wife would your wife go with you to the AVN Awards if you asked her to I'm and dress sure, up? Yeah, absolutely. Would you walk the red carpet? Would I walk the yeah, red carpet? Yeah, everybody would think you're you're a porn star. Would I, you you know what? I don't know if I I don't know if I could because of work. Honestly. You probably you, really. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it's damn work. <laughs> damn work. That's un, that's unfortunate. As far as like walking the red carpet and all that kind of good stuff. Yeah, I don't. Maybe I could. I don't know because it's media and it's it's some of the best here. questions I've been able to ask, and they let you ask it on the red carpet. Who would you rather do a sex scene with, Osama bin Laden or Adolf Hitler? Uh, I've asked some very ser- very brutal questions. What's the worst thing that ever happened to you on set? You wouldn't. I, I, the answers I can't really say on the air right now, but I'll tell you off the air. They're they're quite interesting. Oh, I, man, this is terrible. You said Adolf and who? Or Osama bin Laden, and I got very oh. serious answers. Well, I liked his mustache. I think he had style. Osama bin Laden, I I, I don't like the way he dressed. Probably uh, I think want... he smells. Yeah, yeah, I've heard. I heard that too. He lived in a cave. So I heard that too. No, he was so, super rich. He was rich. He definitely yeah. didn't live in a cave. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's uh, super but rich. but some do there. But no, yes. I'm thinking of Saddam Hussein. Who's, Saddam Hussein, yeah, yeah, who yeah, they yeah. found Saddam. In the cave. Yeah, 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 yeah. But anyway, it's a red carpet where you can ask a lot of questions. All right, so we all agree violence is wrong, and and, and you. you When's the last time you had a nice serious conversation about porn? <laughs> on a radio show. <laughs> Wait, oh, like thinking, hmm, what, what about the? Well, AD I had uh, I had uh, uh, Katie Morgan and Evan Stone, uh, who are a power couple, uh, pretty big porn stars. Never heard of them. They uh, yeah, never, they, never they were, heard of them. They were in studio, and uh, that was uh, that was the last time. That was like maybe two years ago. Uh, when the AVNs come back to town, uh, mark my words, folks, pushing the limits. We'll have some of those stars in studio. I've interviewed Ron Jeremy before. He's not doing too good these days. He is not. <laughs> Yeah, he is not. And uh, Jenna what Jameson a jerk. as well. I've interviewed Jenna Jameson and her nutty ex-boyfriend, Tito Ortiz. Yeah. Uh, that guy's a nut job, by the way. But anyway, speaking of nut jobs, Brian Salmon, you see how I made that transition? Mm. Not the Leah Thomas transition. I know what you're thinking. Um, what? See how I made this transition? Oh, oh. Where's the ba-dum-dum? This guy, ba-dum-bum. he's on fire right now. Uh, so... <laughs> 
I'm a big fan of golf, bigger than you know, larger than you are. But but I think you. Hey 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 hey! Yeah. Let's not get crazy now. <laughs> You're what? When Tiger Woods was in contention on a Sunday, that was when golf was at the top, no question about. It. But I think you all could we could agree there's a lot of good young golfers on the PGA Tour now. They're fun to watch. You know, yes. a lot of guys who live here in Vegas, like Colin Morikawa, and so a lot of good young players on tour. And it's fun to watch. I yes. watch the majors and. Yes. Um, a guy that I'm not a big fan of, even though I have met him on several occasions, and uh, regretfully, you know, I took a picture with him. Uh, I'm talking about Brooks Kepka. Oh, he's just the ultimate jerk. So um, he's just like your alpha male jerk who, who thinks his you-know-what doesn't stink, and he's just a jerk, man. Um, got, got a good-sized ego on him? Yeah, I mean, he's a good player. He's a great player. He's one of the best players in the world, but, you know, he makes stupid comments like he's going to get to Tiger Woods with majors when the guy's got, what, like three or four. It's just absurd. But anyway... So Brooks Koepka's playing in this match play event the okay. other day, right. and he defeats John Rahm. John Rahm, one of the best players in the world. Yeah, so you think big man. you would think Brooks Koepka would be in a good mood, right? Yeah. He just won a, a, he played well. He defeated a really good player, John right. Rahm. So right after the match, this is right after he won. Right. He's sitting there in a cart. As you know, golf is an intimate sport, whereas the fans can get very close to you. Yeah. This fan. After the match, didn't say anything mean to him, was congratulating him. He didn't put his camera in his face. I watched the video. He's a good five, six feet away just recording him, which is a little weird to be doing that. Uh, Ask for an autograph or a picture, no problem. So this is exactly what happened, okay? This is the audio. It's very short, but this is the moment where the fan goes up to Brooks Kapka. Here's what it sounded like. Brooks? He said beat him wrong. <laughs> hey, his stupid agent, by the way, oh, leave him alone. What did he Shut say? up, you moron. What did he say? Uh, Brooks is saying, get that camera out of my face. He grabs him. That's assault. Okay. That's assault. Just like Will Smith. That's assault. He grabs the phone out of his hand, grabs his arm, grabs the phone out of his hand. Uh, doesn't give it back, by the way. Yeah, his agent takes the phone from him, gives it back to the fan. I'm like, what a pretentious douchebag like what a jerk what a douche yeah no i i, I don't know so valeo brian mm-hmm. if someone ever did something like that to me like i we, we would have a problem like immediately yeah. would have a problem so the but, fan but what did he say though he said so. congratulations on beating rom that's what he that's said that's all he said that's absurd that's all yeah, he that's, said that's absurd. and, and, that's and absurd. all brooks kept gonna do is hey can you do me a favor i'm having a private moment with my wife uh you know oh, he was sitting with his wife he, but they weren't even talking to each other. He was just oh, sitting there in a cart. Oh, uh, you know, I, this guy is such a jerk, and I think the PGA Tour should do something about that. Well, you you can't do – you cannot react how he reacted. Of like, course basically not. Basically, what he did was Will Smith-esque in a sense. Yes. You can't you cannot react like that. I agree. However, I will say this, though. Um, if he's sitting there having a, a, a conversation with his wife, one, he should expect people to say stuff to him, but – um, and he should expect to be filmed and have pictures taken of him and his wife. If you don't want your wife on camera, which is probably what he's you know upset about, you shouldn't be sitting I don't in know plain if that's view. That's what he was upset about. I've I, seen him. Listen, I'm assuming I, that's. What I've he, seen Brooks Kepka here at the Shriners. This was just the last year. Yeah. A kid went up to him with a camera. Can I get a picture? And he just doesn't even acknowledge him. And he I just remember you telling me about what that. What a jerk. Yeah. He's such a jerk. Yeah, yeah. you were there. I remember you telling what me about a that. jerk. You know, I'm just, I don't know, man. I, I just think some of these uh, athletes, I get it, but it comes with the territory sometimes. It comes with the territory. And I just think the PGA Tour needs to suspend him. I get it. You're one of the best golfers in the world. I get it. This whole thing with Bryson DeChambeau, uh, let's go Brooksy, and just torturing DeChambeau, who, by the way, I've spent some time with. DeChambeau is a nice guy. Yeah. I watched him at the, the long drive competition which was about an hour from here, um, took time to sign autographs for everybody and pictures. He was just 
Is he a little bit weird? Yes, but he's a nice guy. Kepka is just a jerk. You only like DeChambeau because of the hats he wears. I like DeChambeau <laughs> because he's different. Yeah. And he makes golf exciting. And he, and he hits hat. a golf ball 400 yards. Yeah. That's exciting for golf. He's different. We need personalities. Brooks Kepka is just a jerk. That's yeah. all. But, I mean, how, how was Brooks Kepka to you personally when you talked to him? Not always very nice. Uh, I met him... Um, I believe it was at the Duke basketball game, I, I, I think. He was in town uh, for the DeChambeau yeah. thing. So I went out there and I said, hey, Brooks, how you doing? Uh, good to see you. Good job on the golf course today. Um, didn't really respond to me. I said, can I get a quick picture with you? Sure, no problem. Okay, fine. So he but, took a picture. I mean, so but he, I've also yeah, seen him in mm-hmm. situations on the golf course here and practice around stuff where he's just a jerk to everybody. Doesn't want to talk to anybody. Uh, there's a video of him last month. Uh, where fans on the driving range are asking him for an autograph when he's done. And he looks over to them and he says, uh, do I ask you to do blank at your work? Leave me alone. I'm like, you know what? If you don't want to sign autographs, that's fine. That's absurd. But don't no, respond no, to fans no, no, no. like that, you pretentious douche. You know, that's none what he of, is. None of that is – I don't like people that are in public positions that act a certain way. Yeah. Okay, you, you get caught on a bad day. Everyone has a bad day, blah, blah, blah. Like, right. I get that. But I can have a bad day. If I react like that to right. a viewer, right. and, it's, and, and it's not like I'm not even remotely close to being that kind of popularity, but if sometimes when I go to an event, there'll be people that'll come up and talk to me, like one after another, one after another, one after another. You have a camera and, and all that kind of stuff, and people yeah. want to bother you and whatnot, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But, I, man, I would never act like that to somebody. You know, Brian, I just, I just don't understand it. If you don't want to sign autographs or take pictures, no problem. You have that right. But don't be a jerk about it, man. You know, I remember um, I, I, we agree a lot on LeBron. I don't think LeBron's a bad guy. He's done some great things, and we can get into some Laker talk here. But uh, LeBron, with the school that he opened up in Ohio, I think LeBron's heart is in the right place. He's a good husband. He's a good father. He stays out of trouble. I am not going there with LeBron. Uh, I'm not a big fan sometimes of some of the things he does. I remember uh, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James in a high school gym. I think it was Valley High School. And there were 20 under – and I tell, I've told this story on the air before, and I think I told you this story. You have. There were about 25 underprivileged, you know, I, I guess kids, YMCA, and you could see the look in their eye. They were just glowing that they got a chance to just be in the gym and to see Kobe and LeBron. They waited there for three hours, right? Kobe, I always remember this. He didn't just sign autographs and take pictures with all these kids. Man, he talked to them. <clears throat> he was so what do you want to be when you grow up? You a he basketball player? I mean, he, he talked to all these kids. And I'm thinking to myself, when I was 10 years old, if Michael Jordan did that to me, I would lose my mind, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And Kobe <clears throat> took the time after a tough practice, not, like I said, not just signing autographs and taking pictures. He talked to all these kids. And I'm like, from that moment on, I became a huge Kobe fan. Nobody what? more charismatic yep. than Kobe. Brown. Absolutely. And then Nobody. I saw LeBron. Nobody. And what do you think LeBron did? Yeah. Well, let's see. Since I know the story, uh, what did he do? I don't know. He took pictures with all Walked the kids. right past no. all the kids, gave them a quick wave, and went on to the bus. And by the way, it's not like he was in a rush because the bus wasn't going anywhere. There were other players still in the gym, but you know, putting their clothes on and all that stuff. I thought to myself, you jerk. Yeah. What was so important? What phone call did you have to make in the bus that you couldn't have taken five minutes out of your time to sign a few autographs? If you don't want to talk to these kids, fine. You know, what What was so important that you couldn't yeah, do that? Now, yeah. I appreciate what he did in Ohio with that school. Awesome, right? But Not me too. But me I too. just felt like I've seen that from LeBron before. And it, it makes me not want to root for the guy. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I've I've had my little baby interactions with LeBron as well. And... To your point on on two of the stories that you said, one, 
I was not a Kobe fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but my parents are both from Philadelphia. <laughs> oh, so, that makes sense. Yeah. So, like, yeah. I'm, I, I grew up a huge Sixers fan. Sure, AI. You know, my, my mom actually was, a, uh, like, an, uh, a Sixers dancer. Like she, uh, like the dance team. So do you have any Mo Cheeks jerseys or anything like that? Or no, no, I do not. Um, so uh, when the Dr. Sixers J, played the, the Lake, that was my first idol by Dr. far. Jay's great. Oh, He's my a great guy. Ever. Yep. So um, yeah. So uh, I, I didn't like Kobe because the Sixers played the the Lakers and right, blah blah right. blah and the yep. you know all that stuff. So going into meeting him, I was like, man, I don't like this dude. I actually met him. He was the nicest dude ever. The nicest dude ever. Yep. And I actually had a t- uh, an opportunity to sit with Kobe Bryant for Make-A-Wish Foundation. He flew here. He flew to Las Vegas from L.A. specifically to spend time with his kid who was dying of cancer at the hospital. Right? He spent, he spent like an hour, hour and a half with a kid, his mom, and his dad that's dying of cancer in their room and uh, then left. The kid died the next day. Kid died the next day. He came out and did interviews with everyone that was there. I remember I was there. Kevin Frazier was there. This story is on YouTube. It, it was the craziest story. I didn't even know about this. When was this? This is back when I worked at Channel 13. Wow. I remember the kid's name was Carlos. And I did a big story. What a, Parents what a, were crying in the room. We, we got a chance to go in there and shoot a little bit of him being in there. And Dad the was sitting there time. crying. Kobe was sitting there talking with the kid. and like spent Flew here specifically just to see the kid. Went back to L.A. That's incredible. Love, love Kobe. Like, I literally cried when he died. Because, I mean, I... I Huge Kobe fan, huge, huge Kobe fan. Contrast, LeBron, was ne- he's never been that way. I've interviewed him a bunch of times. He's never been a guy that wanted to do the interview, kind of acted like a, a, a butt. Um, I could tell you stories about the first time I interviewed him, and he looked at me like he wanted to fight me because I, I, my foot hit his foot, and he's sitting there icing his knee. I'm like, what, what is this guy? My photographer, he reminded me about it like three years ago. I was like, you remember LeBron? We met him, and he was such a jerk, and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. So I, I get it. Like I, I'm, I, <clears throat> I'm not the biggest LeBron fan. And say all that to say that I don't believe, honestly, now that LeBron would act that way to a fan. Um, the way Brooks Kepka did. Yeah. 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 I, I, even though I, he did that with the kids, but now LeBron, well, like listen, older was, LeBron, I don't That's think a good that. point. This was over 10 years ago, right? He still shouldn't have done it. Right. But I don't think he would do that now. Kobe was never that guy, though. Never. He, he never, wasn't. Never, never. Yeah, a lot of teammates said they didn't really enjoy playing with him because yeah. he was so demanding, coaches yeah. included. Okay. But we're talking about fan interaction, and we're talking about Kobe, like LeBron, one of the best players to ever play the game. Yeah. And I just saw the way Kobe treated people. Man. I remember um, so I took man. a friend of mine uh, to a Lakers preseason game. This was maybe 12, 13 years. I think it was at the Thomas and Mack Center. This is okay. before we had all these other arenas. Yeah. And this friend of mine, huge Kobe fan. Uh-huh. Uh, she's also very attractive. Uh, Jessica, her name. Uh, that might have helped a little Your bit. Your old but, roommate. But, yeah. No, not my old roommate. Oh, You're okay. thinking of Natalie. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I bring her to the game, right? After the game, preseason game, right? Kobe's just standing there. I said, here's your chance. Go get a picture with Kobe. There you go. And uh, I remember she went up to him and she said, Kobe, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm such a big fan of yours. Can I, can I just get a picture? He looks at her and he goes, of course, I'd be honored to. I was like, whoa. Pau Gasol did the same thing, by the way. They were so nice. Mm, mm. I take this picture, and she like she like cherishes that picture now. And I just cannot believe that he's not with us anymore. It sucks, man. And and I remember um, the yeah. day he died, yeah. which I didn't believe it was real. Me neither. There was a UNLV game that day, and that's all I could think about. Um, he was really one of the only Brian. It was one of the only celebrity deaths that I actually got emotional yeah. because it was the circumstances. I remember, as you know, he he took his daughter to Aces games. He took his daughter Gigi remember to an I, Aces. I game. interviewed him. You with interviewed Gigi him that day. at the Aces game. This yeah. was six months before he died. Yeah, no, I remember. Um, 
the circumstances of all the kids that died on that helicopter and and uh yeah i mean when i think about it it chokes me up it's just it's horrible um and he had so much more to give that's what's really so disappointing and on top of that i remember during the interview which is on my uh instagram page right anyway but no (laughs) uh i've watched it no you did a great job and it's just uh man hard to believe that he's gone now yes but during that interview i remember asking him i was like hey you know uh women's basketball you know, I know you're you're a girl dad. It's like I'm a girl dad too, and he's like, yeah. You know, how many kids? How many girls? Do you? I have two. So, man, you need to catch up with me. You're <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, he. I mean, just the nicest dude. And I I had run into Kobe. I saw him in uh in uh New Orleans when he passed the I don't know whatever scoring record it was. He did that in New Orleans, mm-hmm. and my friend Kendrick, whom you know, mm-hmm. was visiting in New Orleans. He's a huge Kobe fan, and he's running to Kobe. All kinds of places. He's got pictures yeah. with Kobe in New Orleans, in L.A., in Vegas, and everything else. And uh, he always talks about how Kendrick know I know Kobe. I know Kobe. And I remember he literally walked up to Kobe and said, hey, man, how you doing? And he said, hey, how you been? And he actually greeted him. Like, Kobe greeted Kendrick like that. Whether or not he remembered him or That's didn't remember cool. him, but he actually greeted him like someone that he remembered That's speaking so cool. to. Yeah, it was it was really, really and cool. And you know, it's it so really weird, cool. the circumstances, too, because the night before, he's at a Laker game sitting courtside, which he rarely did after retiring. Ugh. And he's sitting there courtside with his daughter after LeBron passes him. It was just eerie, you the circumstances, stop, right? Like, I, I, seriously, man. Like, it's eerie. It, the, it's the, bad. The it's circumstances, bad. the night before, he's sitting courtside at a Laker game. Yeah. And it just With his daughter. It was just, oh, man, it was just... So something that should have never happened, okay? It should have never happened. Um, you, you would hope that it would not have, man. Like uh, that. How about the fact that? Uh, um, I mean, he he was he was always here. Like he came that one Aces game. He, he came to Vegas. the, the All Star game. He, yep. he loved Las Vegas. He, he loved, loved Las Vegas, yeah. and he'll be sorely missed. Uh, I have to talk to you about the Lakers organization now. When we come back, yeah. get into some Vegas Golden Knights talk. And uh, hey, the baseball season's right around the corner. The Aviators yeah. start on Tuesday, and little Raiders talk. Don he, Logan is the best. Oh, I love Don Logan. I can't <laughs> wait for the Aviators season. So he is Brian Salmon, King Anchor. Channel 3 Sports does a great job. Jesse uh, Merrick was in here, by the way, just a few weeks ago. He's okay, man. Uh, he's, Jesse's awesome, man. I love you guys. You guys do a great job. All right, so we'll take a quick break. Brian's nice enough to stick around for one more segment. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here. We'll talk a little Lakers next right here on Pushing the Limits on KSHP. Las Vegas, you want to be part of one of the fastest growing radio shows in the Valley? Now's your chance. Radio advertising has remained one of the most effective promotional channels for advertisers for years. And now you have the opportunity to be part of this exciting new show called Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. We have multiple sales packages with wide ranges of pricing to fit your budget. Live reads, live remotes, you name it, we can offer it. So give us a call at 702-576-0493. That number again, 702-576-0493. Give us a call and we will take care of you. 
STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and the latest lines on every game. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards on every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino, Fiesta Wildfire, or the El Cortez. Details at the Sportsbooks. A great time! Your entertainment destination, the South Point, invites you to experience the ultimate great time! Under one roof! Dancing, a live show, a movie, delicious dining, and one of South Point's 11 restaurants. So much to see. So much to do. You won't know where to start first. This week, make it a South Point week and discover for yourself why the South Point is your entertainment destination for a great time. Best of Las Vegas winners each of the last two years. Glazed Donuts is a family business. Taste the passion and quality in each delectable handmade donut. Experience amazing fresh donuts at Glazed Donuts. Located at 6545 South Fort Apache Road on the southwest corner of Sunset. Glaze is open every day from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. If you're interested in large orders, please call them at 702-246-2888. Follow Glaze on Facebook and Instagram, where they're showing off all their delicious treats. And check them out at glazedonutslv.com. Experience the Artisan Hotel's theme suites, restaurant, bar, pool, and complimentary valet. During the week, the Artisan is a quiet Las Vegas retreat that's great for travelers and locals. The weekend is all about nonstop partying and the award-winning Artisan nightlife. All rooms include free gym access and Wi-Fi. The Artisan Hotel is centrally located between the Strip and downtown Las Vegas. Book your stay at artisanhotel.com. The Artisan Hotel, your unique Las Vegas boutique hotel. The best choice for convenience, comfort, and value, My Place Hotels are ideal for both short-term and long-term travelers. The rooms at My Place features pillow-top mattresses, microfiber bedding, and a variety of soft and firm pillows. All extended-stay rooms offer their own kitchen, which includes a full-size refrigerator and a cooktop. On-site laundry facilities are also available for extended stays at pet-friendly My Place Hotels. Book your stays online at MyPlaceHotels.com, My Place Hotels, St. George, and West Jordan, Utah. Make My Place your place. Shopping is always easy with the Radio Shopping Show. Whether it's shopping during any one of our live shows right here on AM 1400 or listening live on the KSHP app, you can always call in at 702-221-7283 to pick up great deals with your favorite host. Or shop 24-7 at KSHP.com. Go to KSHP.com and select Shopper's Guide to browse hundreds of businesses featured on the show. Place your order online and we'll have it shipped right to your front door. With so many possibilities, it's hard not to shop. Hey, Las Vegas, you want to be part of one of the fastest-growing radio shows in the Valley? Now's your chance. Radio advertising has remained one of the most effective promotional channels for advertisers for years. And now you have the opportunity to be part of this exciting new show called Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. We have multiple sales packages with wide ranges of pricing to fit your budget. Live reads, live remotes, you name it, we can offer it. So give us a call at 702-576-0493. That number again, 702-576-0493. Give us a call and we will take care of you.
All right, welcome back, Pushing the Limits. I, I don't know my hip-hop very well, but that sounds like Lil Wayne. Am I wrong on that one? I don't know this song, but yeah, that is Lil Wayne. Okay, good. Lil I'm Weezy. Not, I'm not that much out of touch. I do follow a little bit of hip-hop these days. You and know more hip-hop than I know rock. That's true. Country, that's for sure. That is true. Uh, if I told you, if I asked you Scott Weiland was, you'd have no idea. So, Absolutely. Yeah. He's a lead singer for the Stone Temple Pilots. Wow, I'm shocked you knew the o- answer. Only reason I said that because I know that that's your favorite group. <laughs> no, it's not my favorite group. Or one you you like them? Man, that's crazy. I, I don't know. Like I used to like Stone Temple Pilots. I have no. I do not know that that is. Him. I also I used to like Criss Cross, and I used to like uh, a lot of hip hop bands back in uh, okay. the '90s. All uh, right. uh, Run DMC, Criss Cross. Of course, The Chronic was one of my favorite Chris albums. Cross. Snoop Dogg. Uh, yeah, one of those dudes died. No, sad. He's been, yeah, very been like sad. Ten, fifteen years. Yeah, he's yeah. Been uh, and uh, the dark skin kid. Who are, uh, I'm, I'm trying Chris. to think of. Uh, one of the other hip hop bands that I like, the two man duo, and I interviewed one of them, and now I'm trying Kid to and play. Kid and play, thank you, thank you. Yeah, uh, that was pretty cool meeting them. Uh, I'm, I'm a little jealous about that, man, because I would have loved them. Super nice guy. Yeah. Super nice guy. Yeah. Anyway, welcome back. It is Pushing the Limits, uh, going back to some 90s hip hop. And uh, Brian Salmon, the lead sports anchor for Channel 3, is nice enough to be joining me in studio. Okay, that's enough, Lil Wayne. I can only <laughs> listen to so much of him. I can't. I can't do a lot of Lil Wayne. I, 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 talented guy, but it's just not my genre. I'm, what I'm, am I going to do? No, I get it. man. Give me a little bit of Tupac or Biggie, and I won't tell you to. Well, not now. No, I'm, see now. I'm, <laughs> now I'm getting the producer going. Going here. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the Lakers yes, organization. Let's, let's and, talk and the embarrassment. Yes. Uh, watching the game yesterday, Westbrook only guy out there. LeBron's out with an injury. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Davis is coming back, but. Uh, going back to LeBron, I think he needs to take ownership for bringing Russell Westbrook in. The organization, as far as I know, did not want Russell Westbrook. This was a LeBron deal, and he seems to want to push it off on others. Uh, I also don't understand Russell Westbrook. Uh, the fact that that bothers him so much when people make that uh, make that name, you know, call yeah. him that. I, I think that's the right of fans to do that. Of course, no, threats are never yeah. okay, um, and you know, swearing at a player are never okay. But I think fans have the right to call him Westbrook and, anytime and boo they want. And, oh, of absolutely. course. Absolutely. They pay a lot of money for tickets, Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Yeah, and Westbrook, I mean, how about this? Learn how to shoot. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and do that for me That's real true. quick? That's struggling. Yeah, I guess go ahead and learn how to shoot, man. I, you know, might, might as well. All right. You if, you have, if you have any sound effects of bricks, I'll take that. You, <laughs> you can cut the music now. We're um, good. All right, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I, I think the fact that the Lakers are doing terribly and LeBron yeah. is a big reason why. Uh, I, I think he does need to take ownership of it, but there's no way that he will because he wants to consider himself the goat and blah blah blah. Yeah. he loves that. He loves being compared to Michael Jordan, which is absurd. Da, 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 da. LeBron wants to be compared to Michael. Of course he does. Of course he does. Right, can we just can we just stop the uh, yeah. the nonsense here? Michael Jordan is the best player of all time. Of course. Okay, you want to make an argument that that uh, LeBron is top five? I'll hear you out. This is where I completely disagree with Marcus Banks on this one. I respect oh. his opinion. He was a great player, but yeah, uh, yeah that's the Russell Westbrook theme yeah, music. Because- yeah. Um, by the way, Brian's going crazy. He doesn't. He doesn't want to hear this from me. <laughs> you're right. You're right. I, 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 don't. I love Earth, Wind, and Fire, and I get it. But yeah, no. Anyway, go. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Um, but but uh, Russell Westbrook to me, Trevor Ariza, LeBron James, even getting into it with fans in L. A. To me, it's just it's an embarrassment. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the fact that they're so bad. Like you need to. They are the worst defensive oh, team in the in the league, arguably. Yeah, because terrible. going into this season, I actually went back. I actually went back on uh, Wojnar- Wojnarowski. 
Adrian Wojnarowski. Yeah, I went back on yeah. his his Twitter account when he announced that Westbrook was being traded to the Lakers mm-hmm. to see what kind of reaction that Laker fans would have and what people would say about it. Whether yeah. or not people were going to say, oh man, that means the Lakers are about to win a chip. They're about to do the thing. A lot of people felt like the Lakers were getting ready to be the best team yeah. in the NBA. A lot of people thought that they were going to win a championship and now they're eating a lot of crow. Here's what I've heard, Bri, from, from people that are, uh, you know, you and I both know a lot of former NBA players and they have yeah. connections. And I've, yeah. I've heard from a couple pretty good sources that uh, Anthony Davis is a butterfly. Uh, he gets too emotional off the court. Uh, you know, he he's soft. He's prone to injuries. Great player. Prone not injuries. an L.A. Laker. Um, and then we hear about Westbrook, who is absolutely the wrong guy to be in L.A. He can't take the scrutiny. Listen, when you hold a press conference after a loss and you go on a 10-minute rant about how you have to put a stop to Westbrook, and then it was the other day where, by the way, a member of the media asked a very legitimate question. I don't know if you saw this. And the legitimate, how do you guys get better? What do you need to do to improve to win some games? Nothing, he says. And then he says to the reporter, uh, what do you think we should do? And then the reporter says, well, I'm not a professional basketball player. I'm asking you. That's a horrible answer. At least if you ask LeBron that, he would say, well, we got to do this. We got to do that. Uh, listen. He's wrong, very combative. Very, very, very combative. combative. Wrong coach. For, so, so I'll start from the beginning here. Wrong coach for the job. Check. This guy needs to go. Okay. Uh, he good, won a championship. Good situation. Yeah, but that was under the COVID stuff, and it wasn't. You had, didn't have to worry about fans. I put an asterisk next to that championship. I would too, um, but they just won't. like I put an asterisk next to Kevin Durant's championship with the Golden State Warriors because they would have won without him. What about the Spurs and the Knicks? What about the Spurs and the Knicks? That was during the strike shortened season. What about it though? Asterisk. Yes, I do. I do believe if you don't have a full season, listen. I'm not going to say I'm not going to give them any credit. All I'm all I'm simply saying is. Uh, the bottom line here is that in a shortened season, in any sport, when you don't have the fans in the stands and the home court advantage, and you got to win games on the road if you're a championship team, I don't think it's anywhere near as hard to win games on the road. Uh, when there's no fans. I, That's all I'm saying. I don't disagree with you. I'm yeah. just being devil's advocate. I, I'm mad that they won that one. I'm yeah. mad they won that yeah. one. <laughs> but, but the Lakers, uh, to me, management... LeBron needs to own and take responsibility man. for the bad decision making that he has made. I don't hey, care how many man, I'm points. Just a player, man. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't care if he's averaging more points than anybody else in the league. Who cares? Doesn't play defense. The team doesn't play defense. They haven't bought into. I don't even know what system they have. Uh, the points they gave up yesterday. Uh, you know, I, I believe the, in the game. And listen, Utah's very good. But you know, the team when a team has a hundred points and you haven't even entered the fourth quarter yet, something's wrong. Yeah. Uh, there's no defense. No. Uh, Mello is uh, listen. The guy can still shoot. He's old. He doesn't play defense. You need guys that can defend. You need younger versions of Bruce Bowen out there. You need guys that well, are physical. You know who they need. I mean, they they need all the players that they traded away. KCP. They need uh, Caruso. I, I agree. Uh, they need Lonzo Ball. You know what I mean? Like, those are the players that they need on their team. I liked Caruso. Yeah. yeah. How about how about this? I just thought of this comparison. You know who LeBron James is right now with all the scoring and everything else, and the team being terrible. He's Bradley Beal. Ooh. Yeah, to an extent. I mean, Bradley Beal led the league in 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 points a couple of seasons ago, and, and the Wizards the stink. Yeah. But yeah. the Wizards, are, they're terrible. They're terrible. Yeah. See, I think that's where Westbrook needs to go back to. They liked him there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I I think the Lakers moving forward, uh, they have a lot of issues that they need to attend to. They're going to have to make some difficult decisions. But LeBron making the playoffs? No. I don't. I, don't think I, they do. I agree. I don't think they do. I agree. Uh, I don't think they do. And and yesterday. Uh, you know they're playing a very good Utah Jazz team, but they, they don't play hammered. defense. They don't defend. Yeah, uh, they can score, 
but they don't defend. And, and if you can't defend in the NBA and you're struggling to get into a playoff spot, it's, it's probably not going to look too good for you. Let's Agreed. talk. Uh, let's move on to the uh, Vegas Golden Knights quickly here. Big one uh, tonight. Doesn't look like doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs either. What chance do you give them? Ooh, you know, right now I, I give them a fifty fifty. Really? I've said multiple times that I don't believe that they would make the playoffs, but I give them a fifty fifty because they're they have seventy eight. They're three points behind Edmonton for the third spot in the Pacific. Um, and Edmonton has two games in hand, I want to say. What's Robin Leonard's status? He's not playing. He's done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, I mean, they just got a shutout from Logan Thompson. No, he's been playing very well yeah. recently. And to me, them making the playoffs or not making the playoffs have zero to do with Robin Leonard. Because, I mean, they. I'm not saying that. Yeah, so. All I'm saying is Robin Leonard's not the guy that's going to bring you a Stanley Cup. No, that's all. I agree with that. I agree yeah. with that. And to me, goalie play, I mean, obviously, you can win a Stanley Cup if you have very good goalie play. Sure. But um, the Golden Knights, they can win a Stanley Cup with average goalie play if they have all their other players healthy. If all I the other players think, are healthy. I don't know. I'm I'm just not a Robin Leonard guy. Um, he doesn't have any real playoff experience. No, he doesn't. Uh, he and I don't think no matter how good your team, I don't think Robin Leonard is the guy that's going to get you there. That's just my personal opinion. Yeah. I'm glad that Mark Andre Fleury's off to such a great start in Minnesota. I by know, the way, I know. Uh, love 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 uh, uh, the flower. I think he's awesome and. Uh, they don't have fun guys in the locker room. And, you know, I had Daniel DeGranu on the show last yeah. week, and he made a very good point, and I agree with him. They get rid of these guys that help with the chemistry. You know, of they, course. Of and, course. And, you know, Reeves was a very well-liked guy in the locker room. And uh, a lot of other guys as well they've, they, they've gotten rid of in the past, and, and including Fleury, and I just believe they've done it to themselves. No, absolutely. You can make the argument absolutely. with absolutely. injuries, and I understand that, but every team has to go through injuries. Part of it is a little bit of luck, but this team does not look like a Stanley Cup uh, contender at all. Well, they're to me, they're getting there, though. That's, that's the problem, the fact that they're getting healthy right now because Alec Martinez just came back. Um, Zach Whitecloud just came back. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, the, the team is getting healthier, but uh, it, there's not many games left. They have, what, 13 right. games remaining in the season. Yeah. They're running out of time. They do have Marcia so in the locker room. That's, I, a, that's the only person I love Marcia, but I feel like the fan base, and I don't speak for them, but I get the sense that they're a little frustrated with management. They're a little frustrated with, first of all, they get rid of Gallant, and they get rid of these 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 liked players. And I Flurry understand. And Reeves, yes. And I understand you don't make decisions based on what the fans want, but at the same time, it hurts your chemistry, and I think fans are a little disappointed with management decisions, but Kremen and what he's done. I do not disagree with that. I do not disagree with that. He should have went after Jack Eichel is which he, in what he did that, and Eichel has been a monster since he's been here, mm-hmm. but you, there are different ways they could have gone about doing it. We talked about this last time And Nate time Schmidt's I was here, another man. guy I haven't even mentioned, a fan favorite guy that, yeah. that, that players miss and the fans miss. And yeah. um, l- Listen, I love Eichel. He's, he's a top five offensive player in the league, and he's going to help this team win a lot of games. But you need that chemistry. We know that in hockey, the team with the with, with the, the best players, uh, usually in basketball, this is not the case. But in hockey, the best team usually doesn't win. Uh, it's usually guys that have that chemistry and they get it clicking in the playoffs. And certainly the Knights have had that over the course of several years, and especially year one when Gallant got them Man. to the uh, Stanley Cup Finals. By the way, how about the job that Gallant is doing in New York? I know. It's unbelievable. I know. I mean, it's unbelievable, right, what he's been able to accomplish. Man, he's the man. Yeah. Great coach. Man. Great coach. All right, let's talk a little Raiders. You guys do a great job at Channel 3 oh, in covering man. the Butter Las Vegas up. Raiders. Well, you, Raiders, you guys do a, you guys do a good job. Um, 
I believe That's with true. the additions right now that the Raiders have made and management has made, you can make the opposite claim that they've done a phenomenal Man. job thus far in the offseason. You have arguably the best receiver in football. Don't Man. forget about Darren Waller, by the way. Let's not I forget know. about him. Uh, Derek Carr is a capable quarterback. I don't know. Again, I don't know if he's the guy that's going to get you to a Super Bowl. But this team is good defensively. They've made some very important re-signings of contracts on the defensive side of the football. And now you have a lot of weapons offensively. This coach has no excuses, right? Zero excuses. I mean, you you talk about Devontae Adams. How about I just watch the podcast? It's called The Pivot. It's Mm -hmm. with Ryan Clark and uh, Mm -hmm. um, Fred Taylor. And they they talk to... um, uh, Jalen Ramsey, you know, the, the defensive back for the Rams. Yep. And they asked him, who do you think are the best receivers in the NFL? The best receivers in the NFL. He's like, I'll, I'll give you three guys, and these are the these guys are all tied to me as the number one receiver in all the NFL. This comes from Jalen Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Devontae Adams was one of those guys. And by the way, the Raiders have just announced they have come to terms on a contract with Nick Mullins as a backup quarterback. So he's, he's a capable guy. Yeah, yeah. What do I you mean, think that, about that? I don't think that moves a needle one way or another. Probably not. But he's, <laughs> he's not, not. He's not Marcus Mariota. Yeah. But one guy that you didn't mention is Chandler um, Jones. The fact that they signed him. Yeah. You have Max Crosby on one side, Chandler Jones on the other side. Their defensive yeah. line is going to be insane. How oh, about their got... offense? Let me. Can I just read this to you? Yeah, I know. In the slot, we know we have Renfro. We know yeah. how good this kid is. Yeah. Uh, Adams out there. You've yeah. got Darren Waller and Moreau out there. Uh, you, you think of Johnson and Miller and Simpson and Good. I'm reading the names of all these players that are out there. Insane. I mean, this is one of the best off. This has got to be one of the best offenses in football. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I said to, to Jesse when you know, like that uh, when all this got announced. I think that the the Raiders are probably the number two team because the Chargers what they did is insane like the Chargers what they've they made did some is, pretty good uh, the, additions the Chargers no are, Chargers are going to be very good this is a very good oh conference this is a very good conference man the, the conference is, yeah. I think honestly that the Chiefs are the third best team on paper mm-hmm. in the AFC West is which this is the crazy best, is this the best that the AFC West has been maybe in decades I think yes I, how did I even forget the fact that the Broncos, they got some dude at quarterback that they just got? <laughs> yeah, he's pretty good. <laughs> Man, like yeah, the AFC West is going to be, ban- oh my gosh, it's going to be bananas. To be, can I be honest with you? I was hoping that we were going to get Russell Wilson. Who really is in the Raiders? I was. I like Derek Carr. He's a great guy. Uh, he shows flashes of brilliance. He's had a lot of coaches in his tenure. I feel for him there. He's a capable guy. That he matters. looks brilliant at times. Um, but at the same time, inconsistency. But he's what, been what about Russell Wilson? It's about Russell inconsistency. Wilson, like Russell, last year, he was terrible. All right, but here's my opinion on that. I don't want to make excuses for Russell Wilson, but the Pete Carroll's offense excuses. has been brutal to watch. I, I, I'm sorry. You, it's Derek brutal. Carr has been playing underneath terrible coaches. I mean, you under think Jack, Ole, Jack you think Del Ole Rio? did a bad job? The off, I thought he did a good job, Ole, uh, as the offensive I player. thought it was brutal. Really? Yeah, like, man, how many times are you going to run the ball up the middle? How many times are you going to run the ball up the middle? Um, the play calling wasn't great. I'll give no, you that. No, it was terrible. It wasn't great. And Jack not as bad before as Marcus, that? Not as bad as Marcus Arroyo, but it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Always <laughs> I'm sorry. I had to throw UNLV football yeah, in there. Of course. Of course. Why, why not? If Marcus Arroyo doesn't win three, three games or four games this year, should he be fired? No. Why? Uh, because, I mean, he needs at least two, two regular seasons. Yeah, that bet, that's only his second regular so season. So you don't think winning – not being able to win one game in year one, pandemic or not, you just throw that out? I do. I do. A first-year first coach operating under a pandemic and coaching a UNLV team that historically is, is terrible. All right, let me ask you another question. Then. What has yeah. Marcus Arroyo done 
at all since he's been here that would lead you to believe that he's going to turn this thing around? I, as far as I don't know, I don't necessarily feel like he's done a whole lot of anything to. That's I mean, he doesn't. Point. He doesn't have a track record to go on because he's a first year coach. Um, this is his third year. Though. You got, you're making me. No, I'm talking about what is he I understand. done? He's a first time coach, head coach. Yeah, yes. first yeah. time head coach. So, well, that's Francois' um, fault for hiring him then. Yeah, I mean, you're trying to make me the Marcus Arroyo apologist the Joker. on the this. On the, on this uh, yeah. Uh, Do you miss Desiree Reed Francois, the Joker? Do you she miss was her? very nice to me. She was very nice to you, man. She always came on, came on your show. I'm not. I'm not going to uh, kiss ass just because someone's nice to me. She was a terrible how, athletic director. She's horrible. How, how is that kissing bootay by? By uh, by by me saying that she was very you nice. You get to me you. Holly Berry in studio, and I'll kiss any any booty. But I'm talking right now man, about uh, that's my number one right there, listen, man. Don't, don't, you're don't, right. I can't concentrate. Don't even mention her name you're, and try to talk oh, to I me. Love her. I love her. Oh my uh, god. Robin Givens is one of my other favorites. Uh, uh, so anyway, going Holly back Berry, to Desiree, Desiree Reed Francois. From Halle Berry to Desiree Reed Francois. Stop I it. Know, I know it's tough. Okay, go ahead. That's man. tough. <laughs> not, not not from a sexual standpoint. Uh, I thought she was a really bad athletic director, and it has nothing to do with the fact that she's a woman. Uh, I thought she made some horrible hires. TJ, even though TJ had a great year, it didn't yeah, work for him here. It yeah. didn't work out. Uh, Marvin Menzies, the right decision to fire him, but then I think this Marcus Arroyo hire, so. I, I just thought it was a bad hire. And, and I, I don't know what her deal is with hiring these young up-and-coming coaches. Uh, I, I just, I don't uh, anyway, He's a good-looking guy, though. I mean... <laughs> That might have been part of the reason, then. I don't no, know. I, uh, I mean, th- he is a guy that I don't necessarily feel that he was a bad hire in the sense that uh, that he didn't he didn't prove anything in order to get a, a job like the UNLV coaching job. However, I think it to hire him as a first year co- a first time head coach and to pay him what they paid him. Yeah, I think. You you paid him like someone who was not a first time coach. Have you been to any of the football practices yet? I know they just started spring practices. No, I have not. But I, I ran something on the air because we on, have a new quarterback. Tuesday. Right? Yeah, a yeah. transfer uh, from, from Tennessee. From Tennessee. What do you think about him? I've heard good things about him. I've heard good things about him. So yeah. I mean, that's good. And I've also heard that Arroyo has brought in some very good talent. Mm-hmm. Has so. he blocked any new members of the media on Twitter? <laughs> are you are you aware of that? Is he allowing people to watch the entire practice? See, that's the is thing. he doing interviews? That's, that's I I hear he he is doing interviews because if you go on the Twitter page for uh, for for UNLV, yeah. there's, there's a picture of the first day of practice and all the media there interviewing Arroyo. As far as opening practice, if practice is not open fully, to me that's a problem. I, I, I you can go to any practice for Kevin Kruger. You could go to any practice under his father, Lon Kruger. He let you sit for the whole practice. Yeah, no, didn't I have know. Those in, I, I, didn't have those issues with Sanchez either, who, who's a good guy. Bad or Bobby Howe. Or me. Sanford. I mean, uh, please, you can go and sit in the stands. I'm sure your buddy can tell you. You can go sit in the stands and watch the Patriots practice during – Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, because I, if there's any program that doesn't need any media exposure, and if there's any program, it, you would think it would be UNLV football, right? Because every single game at Allegiant Stadium, uh, every away team has more fans than, than UNLV. Even the Hawaii game had more. Come on, Brian. I want to argue with you and be a contrarian, but you're making it difficult, man. Fine. Will Smith should be arrested. Okay. Arrest yeah, him on the spot right yeah, now. Okay. Put the cuffs on him. There you go. I can definitely argue against that. That's a, that's a, arresting him is absurd. However, uh, my man should go upside his head. 
And I'm talking about Chris Rock. Like, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I, Jesse Merrick gets is more attractive on Channel Three, I think. I, I'm Marcus not saying are, the Marcus Royal. No, then. Well, I don't know. I don't. I, I was just <laughs> trying to come up with something that we would disagree. Oh, on. Oh, no, uh, not than me. By the way, Jesse told me that he gets a lot of cougars hitting on him in public. What do you make of that? Uh, I make it, man. He he loves the cougars, man. If there are any cougars listening to the radio show right now. Jesse Merrick is Stifler's mom. Is that what he's doing? I don't know. It's kind of funny to me. Uh, Jesse's a good-looking guy. Yeah, yeah. He's an and he dresses nice. He's an agent. So basically, he's the opposite of me. That's basically what we're saying. Really, I mean, he's got the red hair on top of his head and not on his face. I I grow hair in all the wrong places, but that's another story for another show. Mr. Brian Selman, thank you. It's always fun when you come in studio. That's what I'm talking about. Thanks for being here. This this has been a lot of fun. Of course. And we didn't even talk about uh, transgenders in sports, so that's a good thing. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Unlike last time. We we just talked about porn. (laughs) (laughs) One of my favorite topics. Anyway. um, What is this music that we're going out to? Goodness great. I don't choose the music here, man. I don't choose the music. Uh, Anyway, Justin does a good job, but once in a while, I'm like, what's this? But that's okay. That's all right. That's okay. Numchuk is the man, and he's working a long day today, so we have to be nice to him. Anyway, Brian Salmon, thank you for being here. I always appreciate it, my friend. Have a great weekend, and uh, I'll see you over there at the hockey game, even though you're going to be working. I'll be out there. Absolutely, man. I'll have a suit on, baby. I'll be out there fly as can be. Brian Salmon, one of the most well-dressed in all of media. I have to say that. One Uh, of the? Yes. One of the. One of the? There are some nice dressed people. It's the. The, There is not one of. What what, what is is he talking about? Fine. Fine. I'll give you that crown. What is he talking about? Thank you. I was going to give T.C. Martin the crown, but I'll I'll give it to you. Yes. I mean, yeah. T.C. has better hats than I do. Fair enough. Fair enough. Better hats than I do. All right. We're going to take a 22-hour break. Or actually, wait. Tomorrow's Saturday. I'm not going to be here Saturday. I'm hosting some... Republican governor debate. I'm the moderator. That's so dope. That yeah. Well, it won't be so dope if they say Trump won the election, but they'll, they'll see. He, anyway. he did, didn't he? Oh, did he? I don't know. Maybe yeah. he did. Man, did, recount the get, get the recount going on. Trump, Hunter Biden's laptop. Uh, if they talk about that, I'm going to throw a laptop at him. If they do that, anyway. Gas uh, prices are terrible. Yeah, it, it could be a royal at the Rumble tomorrow at the Ahern Hotel. Anyway, Brian, thank you so much for being here. See you tomorrow it at the hockey great. game. It was great. Have a great weekend, everybody. Great.